Welcome back to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, and to my left, as always, is the talented, well-informed, a local fashion icon, always penless. Always penless. And he's rocking the Prince Purple Rain zip-up is my man, Mr. Glenn Riley. Shout out to AC Milan. <laughs> What's up? Shit, chilling, chilling, man. It's been a little bit. Yeah, couldn't get in um, when we thought we would, but whatever, whatever. Mar- so. Mario's busy, man. Mario's on his grind. Shout out to our super producer, Mario DeRamus. Mario wants us to wrap it up quick because he's got to uh, buy his girlfriend a couple rings. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his face. Look at the face he's making. Mario, you she don't She don't <laughs> listen to the podcast. It'll still be a surprise. <laughs> Mario, you want to say anything? He's going. He's going to Zales. I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not a fan of Glenn today. <laughs> when are you ever? I'm really never a fan. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm Demarcus Cousins to you. That's not true at all. <laughs> oh, well. What's what's going on? Anything? Uh, anything popping in my life? No, ain't, ain't nothing much happening. Just um, preparing for the weekend, I guess. Super Bowl weekend. Um, I don't really prefer to watch the the big games with like friends or family. Hold that thought. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I've no. got that in my notes because okay. I know I know how you are. I'm not. I'm not on it. We we we're we're going to talk about that. Mario, anything up with you? Beyonce is pregnant with twins. We're going to talk about that as well. <laughs> they could possibly be mine, but okay, really, all right. Nah, I'm, so I'm stop it. This has got off to a bad start. <laughs> and, and with his girlfriend listening to this, she's got to <laughs> deal with you impregnating pop stars oh well i'm i'm uh i'm in suit and tie today yeah yeah i look like i should be on the bad boy uh you you reunion that, that, tour. <laughs> but puffy look yeah i had to go to a funeral today oh and, okay uh, yeah young man matt kafoglis uh passed away this saturday uh i've known him for a long time probably since he was about mm, 14, 15 years old. He's in his twenties. Passed oh, wow. away. Yeah, sad. Um, you know, he had a he had a, he had a battle with uh, with drugs. Oh, okay. And uh, as I tell these kids, Glenn, you know, you get young kids that in, in high school that start to drink. Yeah. Uh, some of them smoke a little weed, and that stuff. You know, and I know kids do it, but I tell them you have to be careful because that stuff starts to accelerate. Yeah. And you you do it so much you start to look for that next high. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Uh, you just start chasing because you know once once um, it don't no longer do it for you. And plus, you put yourself to be the person that does the wild thing. So that just becomes kind of a continuous cycle a lot of times. But yep, absolutely. What can be said? Yeah. So um, hey, episode twenty one. Twenty one. Let's let's play the Jersey game, man. It's a gang of people with twenty one. Just, just, just it, more, it, more than I thought. I was like, okay, it's gonna be, you know, eight or ten people. Probably got twenty five of them. So just, we'll just run through this pick. Pick a sport. All right, b- baseball. Uh, the mayor, Sean Casey, to keep it local. Oh yeah. Uh, Cincinnati Red. Roger Clemens. Uh, Kurt Flood, who was the first player to test the free agency market and and got got. His career ruined for that, but he's like the, the martyr of of sports economics. Okay, uh, Sammy Sosa, who Sosa, who um, 
ultimately Thank was probably know, so, so. probably um <laughs> drug assisted um home run exploit. What, what was he at? Six oh nine or am I uh, wrong on that? I don't know what his uh, career total was. He had sixty six in the year that McGuire had seventy. Okay. So that, that was that was the the summer of ninety eight. Let me say something about Sammy Sosa real quick. Yeah. So um back in gosh, this might have been the late nineties, two thousands, I saw Sammy Sosa. Okay. He was downtown. Well, actually, he was in not downtown Cincinnati. He was in a Newport. Okay. When um there was that bar, I forget the name of the dang bar, in uh, local restauranteur who was big on the uh, having a lot of parties. Mario, okay. it is six oh nine. You were right. It is six oh nine. Okay, I thought I remember like a T-shirt where it says six oh nine Sammy Sosa. So, uh, but anyway, so I was at a bar, and a lot of celebrities would would come in and out. Uh, the the restauranteur Jeff Ruby was really connected to a lot of the yeah yeah you know stars that come in town, and I remember being there and I was you know I can't remember if I was still playing with the Bearcats or if it was after I was playing so you know I was there in the little VIP section I remember he uh Sammy Sosa came in man he was he was wearing a um he was wearing like a white I think it was like a white dress shirt okay and uh he had, he had on these like bugle boy jeans and they were they were pulled up so high <laughs> and he had like boots on and like his hair was like Hey man, it's just this, 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 this Dominican style, man. But yeah, it is. You're right. But it was, it was to me. I, I can't. I couldn't stop. I know it sounds weird, but I couldn't stop looking at him. Uh-huh. Like it was like this dude just looks just weird. Yeah, like, you yeah. know what I mean. And then fast forward to what was it six seven years ago? Uh huh. And he, you know, did the whole skin thing and the, yeah, I don't know the, what was up with that. He looks like a vampire. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was just a weird picture. I mean, it looked like basically if you just put like Noxzema on your face, like if Sammy Sosa just yeah. just went outside with like Noxzema, not not fully rubbed off. And he's got the uh, the contacts, okay, the blue contacts. No, he still looks like that today. Oh, for real? Yeah, because so Jim <laughs> Jim Bowden, who used to be the Reds and Washington Nationals GM, yeah, who now does the ESPN baseball. Jim Bowden's son and I are okay. very close, and Jim Bowden's son Trey had his um, uh, baseball signing day the other day, and I went to it. Okay, and um, Jim Bowden had a picture of Jim and Sammy Sosa last week, and, and he, he still looks the same. He looks—he's fat too. He's still with the bleach. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'll find that picture. I'll, I'll find and show it to you. Yeah. Anyway, that's my—that's my Sosa story. Well, thanks for wasting our time. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, semi-interesting one. Warren Spahn and Juan Marichal both wore 21. And your favorite person, Bob Costas, once tell, told the story. <laughs> of, I may have mentioned this before, but they faced one another in like the 60s um, in a game that went 15 innings. Shut out baseball by both pitchers. That was ended in the bottom of the 15th with the Willie Mays home run against um, Warren Spahn, both of them Hall of Famers. Both pitchers went the distance. And as Bob Costa said, you can watch Major League Baseball for the next 200 years, and I guarantee you, you will not see that happen again. But number one in baseball, uh, Roberto Clemente. The, Absolutely. My father's, he loved. Yeah, he was like the original like Hispanic superstar in uh, MLB. And died like um, trying to get like um, it was like a hurricane in one of the islands, and he was trying to get like supplies to him and stuff, and and was on a a plane that um, crashed in the Atlantic Ocean. The plane, the plane. That that's insensitive. 
<laughs> Next sport. Wait, no, 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 no. Oh, you, got, got, you got another one in baseball? Got, we got, well, hold on. Mario, do you have one for baseball? No, okay. I have one. Paul oh. O'Neill. Okay. And I got to give Paul O'Neill a shout out. His son um, played high school basketball here in Cincinnati. Okay. And plays college basketball. Did I tell you I work with a dude that hated Paul O'Neill? Yeah. <laughs> it was a. Hey, I think, I feel like you've told me this story before. Yeah, it was a guy I worked yes, with. Yes, you did. And, you did. And, yeah, yeah. And, I remember and now. Me and uh, my best friend would like work with him. We would like talk about Paul O'Neill and he would get super yeah, salty. Yeah. Like, so, and, and we later saw the dude's wife and she was kind of slick. So I was wondering, like, did, did this dude's wife hook up with Paul O'Neill? Yeah. Because he was, he was like, like, we couldn't talk about Paul. Like, you know, we were just playing and it was like, like, no, you can't talk. Like, yeah, that's that's gotta yeah. that's gotta be it. So I, I hope that that, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say it is. Yeah, Paul O'Neill's a good dude, though. Man. Okay, I yeah, mean, I, was, I was, didn't never have a problem with Paul O'Neill. Let me let me pause you real quick because I want to show you this picture. Okay, so that's Jim. Um, we're on Jim Bowden's Instagram right now. Okay, you see Sammy Sosa? He's right. I know they all look like white dudes, but yeah. Okay. You see him? Yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, he does look weird from from the distance, but I mean, I, I guess I have to see. You go to go to go to Sammy Sosa's IG. Does he have an? I don't even know if he has Sammy an IG. Sammy Sosa, he's a huge star. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Basketball is my favorite sport. Uh, Dominique Wilkins. Yep, Neek. Uh, current Bulls, Jimmy Butler. Have you ever heard the Dominique Wilkins story about when the um, the guy who but he used made to his get suits? on all, all the women in Atlanta for 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 ten straight years? That's a different story, <laughs> but but uh, I guess. He's in radio now. Okay. I think Dominique does – I don't know if he does games for multiple NBA teams or he's with one specific NBA team. I want to say he did something with the Hawks. But anyway, a local Atlanta uh, tailor okay. was doing his suits, and I guess he had piled up – Dominique had piled up a bill. Okay. And I guess Dominique wasn't getting back to the guy. <laughs> so you know what the dude did? What's that? Just really happened. So Dominique's doing the radio for the Atlanta game. The dude gets a ticket and he shows up to the game. Okay. And he rolls up on Dominique. That's how you do it. And Dominique took off his headset and said, "I don't play that," and that's punched right. him. That's right. <laughs> Dang. It's on video. Okay, that's the ATL man. Oh, gotta love it. Dominique Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, Who's the other one you said when I interrupted you? Uh, Jimmy Buckets. Yep. Kevin Garnett and KG? Tim and Tim Duncan. Yep. Big the fundamental. The greatest player ever. Uh, D- Duncan is. Yeah. Okay. It, yep. They ever. <laughs> ever. Mario. Mario. <laughs> All right. You want to go on? You got anything else for uh, basketball? No, it's probably on basketball. Football. Football. Whoa, just, whoa, 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 Lottie Divac. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Sacramento's finest. Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, <laughs> Lottie Divac. Zeke Elliott. Yep. Zeke the Freak. Uh, late Sean Taylor. Deion Sanders. Cliff Prime Branch. Namdi Asunwa. Was was the the best cornerback in, in the game for maybe two years, then um, married Kerry Washington and and disappeared. Well, hold on, real quick. Yeah, that reminded me. You said Deion Sanders. Yeah, let me tell my Deion Sanders wife story. Okay. Uh oh. I'm not gonna go where you think it. This is not a Paul O'Neill type deal. Oh, okay. So, uh, Deion is now married to 
um, Babyface's ex. Okay. He stays married, too. Like, why don't you just chill and be single for a while? Like, Dion's, He's prime time. This like, is this oh, third, prime time, man. second or third marriage? Everybody's on. I mean, third or fourth marriage. Mario says two, but he's probably on his third. Not we, two. We, it's certainly not two. I know. I know. I know. The the first he was married like when he came into the league. We've talked about this, Glenn. Yeah. Everybody's married at least three times in in Hollywood or the. Or, but I mean, or, but he's too young. Like he's gonna he's gonna get he he's on pace for five. Like you're supposed to get your third like when you in your sixties. You can't you can't get your third <laughs> when you in your forties. That that means it's you. He's prime time. Well, anyway, Tracy Edmonds. I saw her. When I was in LA, okay, and I was, <laughs> in uh, LA, you get an LA and baby face. And I, <laughs> and nice. Was, and I was at Universal Studios, okay. and they were filming uh, Extra, and they just finished filming. And I was walking, you know, past the studio thing, and she was standing there. And I said, "Hey, you mind if I get a picture with you?" And she said, "Yeah, sure." And so I was getting ready to take a picture, and you know, you know, if you, you ever go on my Instagram, you see my pictures. I, I usually put my arm around just about anybody. Yeah. And I put my arm around her. Uh-huh. And the security guard threw my arm off her. Oh, wow. So you're not allowed to touch her. <laughs> you, were being, you were being mighty presumptuous with Tracy Edmonds. Man. Like, she's a star. Like, Tracy Edmonds is just a normal person. Like So she put her arm around me. Okay. You should you should have yanked <laughs> it off and said, uh, that goes both ways, sir. <laughs> All right. That's all. <laughs> if, if you had a security person, it, it, it threw it off. I need I need a security person. Nah, they're the nerve of people. Yeah, he threw my arm off. Punks. And and the thing about it is, he you tre- he treating Tracy Evans like she pebbles. <laughs> nobody nobody knows who Pebbles is. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. Maybe two people. If Norman listens to this podcast, <laughs> like man, uh, who else? Uh, in college, Barry Sanders. Okay. Desmond Howard and Calvin Johnson all wore 21. A lot of 21s. Yeah, a lot of 21s. Um, that's about it. Said, like I said, Danny Thompson and um, I don't know if we need to mention Ernest Biner, who um, made the big that's fumble. And then he he, um, he was 44 at the Browns, but then we played for the Redskins. He was 21. So that's basically three 21s for the Redskins. If you if you take Sean Taylor, mm-hmm. Deion Sanders, and Ernest Biner. Yep. Let's talk about this Super Bowl. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Yeah. Explain this to me. Big games, you do not like watching them at, like, parties. You like watching them at home. For example, the uh, the national championship game for football. Yeah. You want to watch that at home yeah. in your own house. Yeah. Because I actually want to watch the game. Like, when you have people around who are just, like, there's something about um, a multitude of people that, that that changes the way people act when just like random things happen. I can recall in um, high school, teachers like the cool teachers when back when the NCAA tournament was like the thing, and like you know Xavier and UC would be you know making their way through the tournament, and the games would be on like at noon and stuff. You'd have like a cool teacher that would be like, "Yo, you can watch the game," you know. You just got to keep the volume to a minimum because, you know, we're kind of, you know, I want to see the game. You want to see the game. So everybody just be cool and watch the game. And kids are like singing the commercials, like things that you would never do, you know, mm-hmm. at, in, in, at your own home. But they're just like everything becomes a, a you know, oh, I, I know what that is. I, you're like, yeah, you know the the theme to the Oreo cookie song. Congratulations. But that that's what goes on every single time. Like. People have to react when they're amongst people as opposed to just like, 
yet there's a play for eight yards. You don't have to be like, oh. Yeah, yeah, but most most big games, people like to be at a party yeah. for those. Mario, do you prefer watching a big game at home or going to a party, a Super Bowl party? Well, it also depends on who's at this party. Like, if I'm just watching it with people who really don't know the game, but they're just watching it to watch it, I prefer to just be at home. Because then, you know, if I'm with people who actually are, you know what I mean, into the game and they actually know about, you know what I mean, football and have watched more than one football game from each team this year, then we actually have something to talk about. I like, game. I like the party. Well, with the party, first of all, you get a confluence of women who are like the girlfriends or wives of the dudes that are that are really into the game, and they tend not to be like with football is kind of different because like women like football probably more so than all the other sports as far as like you know you watch your team so you kind of know something about the other team uh-huh. and like you know everyone know who who's you know Brady or something, but it's kind of like you know and plus the Super Bowl the, the commercials. Like the commercials are part of the thing as well, so it's not like the downtime you normally get in a regular game. Like, okay, we're at a commercial now. You can, you know, go get your food, do what you want, talk amongst yourselves. It's like no, that that itself is something worthy of viewing as well. So, but isn't there something to being at a party, watching the Super Bowl, and let's say like like the Falcons and Patriots? Like you might not have those a teams dog. are in the Super Bowl, right? And you may, you might not have a dog in that fight. However, you might say, "Okay, I'm rolling with the Patriots in this game." For yeah. example, and you're at a party and somebody's going strong for Atlanta. Yeah, now that. you no, I like that because but, now it's a game within a game. But, but now why, you're battling that person. But but why do we have to elevate because someone is is mocking you that the team that you want to win more is not doing well? It's just like. Really? I like that. That's so stupid. Like that. That's it. That's, that's what's that's what's wrong with our country. That's that's competition right there. But it's competition. It's faux competition because I really don't care. You know, one way or another. I guess I would. You know, I guess everyone has a feeling about the Patriots because they've been so successful over the past decade. But it's like, you know, come on, like 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 people would like rib you like that's your team it's just like dude i'd rather see atlanta win i'm not i'm not going to the wall for it you know what i'm saying and and that that seems stupid as well well that brings me to something else mm-hmm. the super bowl you can bet on anything oh yeah no doubt you can bet on the length of the national anthem i saw that two minutes and nine seconds over under is aretha franklin going to be there because th- doesn't she have the record for longest oh uh, i'm not sure I think she might have the record for longest national anthem. She does. She does. Now you can you can bet on the hoodie. Okay. Belichick's hoodie. What color it will be? Often wonder about these bets because they say, uh, like Joe Buck. There's a uh, a bet out there. Will he mention lacrosse? And it's like, <laughs> what? If Joe Buck knows about that, he can tell whomever. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about it, and it's just like, bam. Like there you go. There's your winnings. Easy money. I mean, it, it's the the participants have to be aware of this. Like there was one. Like how long would Mariah Carey? I think it was Mariah Carey hold the the brave at the national anthem. That's just, and that's it was like I think she knew the time. Like she could almost just be like you know just put up her fingers like okay five seconds and when you get to five. Go a little longer to make sure you do it, and it's like, right. bam, we 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 got the money, and and you know we flipped a couple thousand. 
You can bet on anything. That's crazy. Well, back to the commercials real quick. What I don't understand is, and I'm not. It's not a criticism, but I'm, I'm more. I'm trying to understand. It used to be to me that you'd watch the Super Bowl and you would see the commercials for the first time. Then now yeah. they leak the commercials online. So I guess Brett Favre's Super Bowl commercial is already leaked. Okay. Do you know about this? Uh, I know that's happened, but I mean, I'm probably not gonna go online to look at them. So, <laughs> or you you wait to see it so you can. Oh well, I mean, it's just like when I go to YouTube, I'm not thinking, "Gee, what would be the the you know?" I want to hear that Migos. I don't really want to. I want to check well, it for for the. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of that, Lady Gaga's performing at halftime, and there's a petition going around for the Migos to perform. Have you seen this? I mean, that's already been decided. How how could that how could that be? I figured it out. Okay. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Hold on, Mario. I know you no, want to say no, something. No, you can't do that because that's an Atlanta. That's an Atlanta staple, and it would seem. But is Aerosmith going to perform as well? I don't care. Here's what you do. You have Lady Gaga do her set, but at one point in her set, she has the Migos come out and that's, do that's Bad and Bougie. I, ha- I hate when people do that. Like, like, like Give one artist, like if one one artist isn't enough for the halftime special. Give the people what they want. What, what did you want, Mario? What do you want to say? I'm tired of everybody thinking they can just petition their way into getting their way <laughs> event after event after event. I want to hear Bad and Bougie at halftime. I don't care what. Well, turn it on and turn the TV no, down. No, I want to see the Migos I would rather see Future on the screen. perform. Is there the going to be anything this year with, like, um, the other networks? You know, like, they would have you, – you, you switch at halftime and there's, like, a lingerie bowl or some nonsense. Um, hmm. You know, dancing with the star. You know, you know they would do that like a couple of years when um no. come halftime. They would have like a whole nother thing. Like you turn turn the channel to Fox, and Fox had like some you know whatever that was gonna last the length of the halftime. No, I I, I don't like all I don't this, like I don't like halftime Super Bowl halftime. I think they're all bad. Well, the thing I don't like is the Super Bowl is such a disjointed game because of like the long, like mass commercial breaks. It, it, it's, it's increased and. The halftime is either 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Right. It changes the whole dynamic of the game compared to regular games. And when, you know, we've been lucky to get a lot of really good Super Bowls, but it just kind of seems if I was at the actual event, I'd be like, this is this is terrible. Like, why am I why am I just sitting around here waiting? Right. And, you know, the, the, the halftime thing is so far from what, you know, the game itself is like. We're watching a football game. Imagine going to a Lady Gaga concert, and at the midway point, we just played a little football. I wouldn't be mad. That would be so stupid. People would be like, man, this is this is crazy. Why are we playing a half an hour football game in the middle of a concert? I Honestly, if I go to a Super Bowl party every year, going to another one this year, if if I didn't go to the Super, a Super Bowl party, I don't know that I would even care to watch the game. Well, that, that, you, 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 can, you can burn in hell. <laughs> I mean, it's just. I mean, listen. I, I don't have any dog in the fight. I could care less. O- only thing. Only thing I would care you can say about, about the whole NFL season beyond the the team that you follow. I don't have a dog in the fight in, in 31, <laughs> 32 NFL teams. I, mean, I, I have about four teams. Okay. That if they were in the Super Bowl, you would care about that. Though. Vikings, Packers. And I do care a little bit about the but that's Patriots because you know people exactly. on the team. But yeah, but I'm thinking, but you don't you don't have like a, a team that you 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 like for no. team's sake. No, no, I don't. I don't. That's that's sad. You're not like Mario with uh with with the Kings, who who, who will never be in in a playoff situation again. And by the way, 
I'll give you this, Mario. Your team got screwed it, it, against the the Lakers. They won those that that series, and we all know it. And YouTube knows it. And the NBA keeps removing that video for when when the refs cheated them out of their rightful place in the NBA Finals. I will give you that, Mario. Go ahead. I'll take that. Yeah, because it's tr- it's the truth. So but I won't say they won't ever be in a playoff situation again. Oh, it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a long while. All right, we're gonna end this conversation. Well, you got Migos at halftime. Lady Gaga got to bring them out. NBA talk. NBA talk. LeBron James and Charles Barkley are going at it. Looks like the feud's over, but here's how it started. Barkley made a comment about LeBron because LeBron was saying that um, the front office needed to make these different moves, and he was kind of complaining about the Cavs, and LeBron said it was inappropriate, and LeBron was whiny, and he questioned his will to compete. Mm-hmm. So LeBron comes back at him, and he – I guess he, as as Charles Barkley said, that, that LeBron Googled him and he talked about him throwing somebody out a window. He said, uh, LeBron said, I never spit on a kid. I never had unpaid debt in Las Vegas. I never said I'm not a role model. I never showed up to an all-star weekend on Sunday because I was in Vegas all week partying. I've done Hashtag for my facts. entire career – all I've done is represent the NBA the right way. 14 years, never got in trouble, respected the game, print that. Print that. There's a new sheriff in town. Barkley came back and said, I've only met LeBron casually. He's always been great to me, and I think I've been a great and cordial to him. And pretty much he's saying, Barkley's saying, listen, let me. this is my job. My job is to talk about what I see in the NBA and what I feel. Yeah. And they, they left it at that. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts, Glenn? Um, I was pretty much pro-LeBron in the debate. I mean, first of all, it's a different day and age in what teams are doing to win titles. So what LeBron, essentially, the a team that won an NBA record 73 wins last year, essentially acquired during the offseason the second or third best player right. in, in the National Basketball League. Something that that is more or less unprecedented in in NBA history. That team that good could acquire a player that's not on their team already that is that good. Right. So LeBron gets to make his counter move. And he's not making a counter move and asking for a superstar. He's he's making his counter move asking for a backup point guard. So I think that is not – um, you know, beyond the pale. And that's something that more or less wasn't done in Barkley's age. But, you know, what he's saying is you you can't have that type of, of vitriol towards LeBron when you too were a star player, but you're way less accomplished. And I think, too, there's always a thing, too, that, like, they want to um, – players of the past want to – glorify their era to a degree that it justifies their own failings so someone like Barkley will always say like look Jordan was 10 times better than LeBron because Jordan is the reason you don't have a title Mm -hmm. so you it makes you look good to say you know yeah I came second to Jordan you know what I'm saying but you know there were years where Jordan didn't play and you didn't you didn't get the you know what I'm saying Elijah Wan stopped you from getting titles too well let me ask you this so Part of Barkley's job 
is to say things like this. So he's hired to say the controversial things. Yeah. With that being said, do you feel that LeBron should have fired back the way he fired back? I don't think it's off the table because what he was saying was, in effect, questioning his competitive character. And the things that LeBron was citing were not basketball things per se, but it's still relevant to your degree of professionalism. So, you know, how many times did Charles Barkley show up uh, for a season in, in good shape? Like one time, and that's because they came off the 92 Olympics. Right. So you had to basically play during the summer, and that was the year he won MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, had he um, had that same work ethic every offseason, he may have been, been, you know, real competition for Jordan. But, you know, he never did, and that was the only time that, you know, it was, it was a legit argument between those two. So – I don't know. It may have been a little little below the belt, but you know, LeBron hasn't done anything for you to be below the belt with. You know what I'm saying? This is you know, you don't have to Google Charles Barkley to know that he pushed somebody through. Like that's just common knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe LeBron being, you know, ten years younger than us, you know, did didn't realize this when it was happening, but you know, I certainly did. I was a I was a sports fan for at least ten years before um uh, Barkley started acting up. So, you know, you LeBron could have been eight years old and, and and heard the story of you know Charles spitting on somebody. So well, I do. I do. The one thing I do like about what LeBron said, and I'm glad that he said it, is the fact that he's been in the league 14 years. He's never been in trouble. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't bring up with LeBron. And I'm critical of sometimes LeBron's game, but I I totally respect well, what he's done. Be. Well, I mean, there's 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 still things in his game I would like to see him do better. You don't you don't think so? Well, I mean, everybody can improve, right? But no I'm doubt. saying, but it's not was, like, but it's not like, uh, worthy of being like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I've like I've I found holes in. Like, yeah, of course you can find holes in. Well, no, whose I, game could you not find holes in? Well, I'm gonna say this. I think the the issues that I see with him have been with him from the time he's entered the NBA till now. I don't know. I mean, like I said. Could, He's not a great shooter, and there are limits to what, you know, apparently you can only improve your outside shooting or free throw shooting so much, seemingly, because very few people come in the league and say, oh, you know, I was a 70% free throw shooter, now I'm shooting 91%. Like, only Kawhi Leonard has that type of improvement year in and year out. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want like LeBron is, is beyond reproach, but I, mean, I feel like there's so much shade on, on on him just every week, you know. And obviously, Skip Bayless has basically made made a career of it. And it's like, do you feel it's warranted though? No, certainly not. I mean, I don't know. Or, or, or can somehow like your Skip Bayless is a world if, if somehow found a way to be disappointed in the careers of Aaron Rodgers, Floyd Mayweather, and, and LeBron James. And I, well, I don't I don't really know how can you be disappointed with somebody who has like, you know, three NBA championship rings, four MVPs, and has been the consensus best player in the NBA for the past decade. Like, I don't know. It it seems like you want to have a problem with somebody if you still have a problem with that. I mean, I you, you know, with with Skip, he's got to play that side. I, I don't believe that he believes 
some of the things he I says. I would love to have a lie detector or just, just, just one time. <laughs> that bad boy would be going off a lot. It would, just to really know if that's how you feel. I don't, I don't think a lot of times he feels that way. Yeah, And then and then Stephen A. gives those, those, those final takes now, and, and he sets those up like, you know, at the end of this show, I might get fired. <laughs> He's just like, man, like you just got to say something moderately controversial and he acts like this is this is like i'm i'm set espn on a, a blaze up in here now what what do you what do you think about Dwayne wade and jimmy butler they made some comments directed at some of the younger players okay uh rondo fires back <laughs> rondo's and, older than them at this point yeah well I, and i've got you know i got issues with rondo and i'll, I'll mention that here shortly but Dwayne wade being a veteran and, uh-huh. and I wouldn't consider Jimmy Butler a veteran, but um, one of the older players on the team. After one of their embarrassing losses, you know, I'm a Bulls fan, so I watch as much as I can, and they have been playing well, even though they're doing better than I thought they would. Mm -hmm. Dwayne Wade took shots at the young players, and I think partly it was was, he was taking some shots at Rondo as well, if you really look at it closely. (laughs) I'm sure he was. And – and Jimmy Butler it was funny because Dwayne Wade made those comments in his locker. Uh-huh. And I think uh, Jimmy Butler's maybe a couple lockers down. Well, Jimmy Butler then chimes in after they interviewed Dwayne Wade and said, you know, I heard what Wade said, and I piggyback what he's saying. And that is, you know, a lot of these – he's saying that a lot of the young players seem like they don't care. He says, I'm the oldest guy on the team. Dwayne Wade says, I'm the oldest guy on the team. I shouldn't care more than you. Yeah. So Rondo – fires back at D. Wade and Jimmy Butler, but I think more so at D. Wade than Butler. He posts a picture on Instagram, and it's Rondo in his Celtics uniform with Pierce and KG and said, my vets would never go to the media with that type of stuff. And so that started a whole like, oh. So I think one of the Chicago writers said, man, Shoot around tomorrow is going to be must see. Okay. Like there's going to be a lot of media shoot around to see how this yeah, thing. Your goes. vets also hated you, Rondo. <laughs> that, that's, like, like, that's another point to. Yeah. To, no, no doubt. I, and I've got issues with Rondo, but do you do you have an issue with with something like this? Mario, I want to get your take on this as well. But do you have an a, an, an issue with someone like Wade, a veteran who's calling out? the young players because I posted this on Facebook and a lot of people went against Dwayne Wade okay. and said they thought that that he shouldn't go to the media with this stuff he should handle that internally uh, I don't have, well to me when the young dudes don't have any real clout there there's no harm I mean, I'm sure he he said it privately to him that's and so that and people don't point. realize how old Wade is like you know Wade and LeBron are the same class but Wade did all all four years I believe at, at Marquette I played against Wade yeah that's what I'm saying so so that's how old he is <laughs> thanks so so like that's a weird you know what I'm saying like people think like he's LeBron's age but he's like four years old yeah so Wade is doing good to still be you know what I'm saying like like a viable player in in the NBA right now like what's Wade 36 37 maybe 36. Okay. Yeah, so like Wade is is you know way older than 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 um you know that class of of LeBron and Carmelo and stuff. But um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think Rondo is is I what I really think is happening is Rondo's trying to get waived for yeah. the Cavs to pick up and there lies your backup point guard yep. and and everybody's problems are solved. Yeah. I you know, I don't, I don't. I'm not a Rondo fan. Ever since the the Tubby Smith days, I think he's just he's tough to coach. Uh-huh. I think he does his own thing. 
Um, I've had several friends okay. have run-ins with him. Really? Yes, because you know he lives in Louisville. Okay. And matter of fact, it was at an AAU tournament. Okay. He actually shows up. Like, he'll show up to different tournaments. Respect. I, I respect that. You know, it's cool. He comes out and watches basketball, uh, but he, he's been rude to quite a few people. Now, that, that doesn't – I had feelings about – how he is a person way before that. Okay. That just confirmed. Well, well I will give him respect that um, Gucci Mane shouted him out in, in, in Black Like Beatles. a Rondo. Uh, a what year, was the line before that? A year old step past a hater like a Rondo. Uh, I upgrade your baby mama to a condo. <laughs> that's what that's what Gucci Mane could do for you. Oh, Mario, do you have any thoughts on that? The Wade Butler Rondo beef. I think that D Wade is absolutely right to do it. I mean, the guy has three He's earned rings. it. He's earned it. Yeah, I mean, and you also have to think, it's his hometown of Chicago. Like, you know what I mean? He don't want the team to – Yeah, he don't want to be embarrassed on their home court, you know what I mean? Especially when everybody said that the team is obviously playing better than what people expected with the group of guys that they do have. But, I mean, I mean, if you're trying to make a splash and actually get some attention, what's the best way to do it now? Go to the media. Because you shake some things up. Well, I feel like 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 Lynn was saying, and I made this point on Facebook. And I, I do have a problem with with uh, Rondo because if you don't if you don't get a, along with Ray Allen or Demarcus that's the Cousins, one person you should be friendly with Ray Allen. Yeah, he's with the Kings. That's uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, if you have a problem with Ray Allen, who is probably right. one of the nicest guys reportedly around the locker rooms, I agree with then that. Maybe you're the I problem. I don't know. Ray Ray Allen didn't didn't um. Didn't, um leave on good terms with the Celtics either. So I I, I don't you know what I'm saying? But I I've, I've heard I've heard Ray Allen know is like the, the salt of the earth. Yeah. Like as far <laughs> yeah. amongst amongst his peers, I heard he's the Yeah. I well, heard you, he's the the, the, well, the you, you tell you ask Paul Pierce and, and and Kevin Garnett what he thinks. Well they think didn't about. they didn't appreciate it because he left and went to a, a team that they were obviously competing with Yeah, for and that a, speaks a to character. Run. That speaks to character. Mario, I was going How does that not speak of character? It speaks to character. You didn't you didn't stick it out with your your homies. Is that, is that what you're doing when you? I mean, the guy was what like 37, 38? Yeah, stick it out. How, how I mean, it wasn't like they were they were they were twenty. They were the same age as him. That was that was a crew. It was there was the big three, and he made the big two. Yeah, they were the old three. That does that doesn't have a ring to it at all. Because he went look literally. Sometimes you just gotta give it up and be like, you know what? I'm not the player I was. I'm gonna go somewhere else where they have a, a better group of talent, younger talent, and I'll just be a role player because my chances of winning are higher. Yeah, that, that, that's called that's called chasing. So so now so do you hate Kevin Durant? Uh, I'm okay. not I'm not fond of the move. No. Are you still a fan though? I mean, not really. I mean, I, I don't. I, I wasn't like a huge Kevin Durant fan. In the All right, so do you hate him because he left Westbrook? I don't hate him, but I think, but but that was a a, a situation that that felt as if I went. I didn't have a problem with him leaving, but I had a problem with who he went to. That that was the deal, and I felt like they they clashed on the court. But I didn't feel that that there was a natural clash between the big three in Boston. That could have coexisted until, you know, the end. And, I mean, look, I'm going to say this. Rondo and him having beef made it way easier for him to leave Boston. Yeah. But, I mean, I I don't know. So you fought him for going somewhere where he had a better opportunity to win. He had a, a chance to play less minutes to keep his body in better shape. For what? The the next year? 
And get away from uh, uh, a guy that he had a problem with. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Well, we are going to segue. We have a couple topics I want to touch upon here. First off, I want to talk about Serena Williams. And originally, uh, we were going to do our theme of the show around Serena Williams' life. Um, however, there were, I think there are a lot of topics. Just too much stuff popping. There's a lot of stuff popping, so I wanted to kind of uh, condense things a little bit. But talking about Serena Williams, she just recently won her 23rd Grand Slam at the Aussie Open. And this, a couple people brought this up, saying not only is she the greatest female tennis player of all time, is she the greatest female athlete of all time? Yes. Well, is she? I've heard is she the greatest athlete of all time? Period. Right. And when it comes to pure longevity, there's going to be a case, and it doesn't seem like she's slowing down. It's not like she, like I was really happy for like Federer for winning because he hadn't won since like yeah what six years something like that a major. So if you book in his career, you say, okay, Federer won in maybe oh two and then he won in twenty seventeen. So that 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 um indicates for anyone in you know in the history books that Federer was a viable player through all those years. But he was he hasn't been the number one player. And essentially Serena, when healthy, has been the number one women's player or the odds on favorite, even you know, not not according to how they do the rankings, but the you know, the betting odds winner to win every major going back to like oh one. And once you put together like a fifteen year you know, cause tennis is notorious for, you know, people peaking like when they're like nineteen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and, and then, you know, well, never they, they like go, like your Martina Hingis's, you know what I'm saying? Well they go pro at fourteen. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of burnout. But it's so crazy. Like if if I give you the list of players who were um, contending female players when Serena first started, and then give you the list of like when Serena say she she she's this good for say three more years and wins a title in say twenty twenty, and then there's some young girl who's good who like becomes the dominant player and she's good for maybe ten years, mm-hmm. and then you could say her name like yeah Serena was the toughest competition for this girl in 2030 and also this player who started their career in like 1993 or something. And it's just the the length of being number one, if we just view that objectively and just say every sport, that is real tough to match. Mm-hmm. Like who, who has been a championship contender? Because she gets her career almost popping the same time as Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods hasn't won the title since, I believe, 07. A major, so just how crazy is that? That she's ten years past Tiger Woods winning the title, right. she's still the number one player in, in women's tennis, and no signs of stopping. So, so you say she's the greatest female athlete of all time? Probably, because I'm trying to think who would be two. Mm, it's. Tough because I guess you have to look at what what are the sports that women were allowed to compete in, you know, on on a top level professionally for any amount of time. I mean, I think like Babe Diedrichson, Zaharias was like kind of the the best female athlete of the first part of the twentieth century, 
And then after that, you basically got to go to either the Olympic sports or or tennis. So and then with the Olympic sports, like, you know, it's like Bonnie Blair, who who is, uh, I believe, three or possibly four Olympics. But I believe three was the dominant speed skater. But that's mm-hmm. such a specific discipline. I don't think people are like, you know, checking for that. You know, you have I don't know, like um Many, I guess, foreign athletes, you know, like your swimmers and stuff. But I mean, I don't know how many were like dominant, you know, Olympics after Olympics, like, right. a, like a Janet Evans who was like dominant in one particular year. But you know, even yeah, like female, your sprinters, female sports are just it's such a different animal than than yeah. men's sports. Well, because you're you know you're half the time you're not getting you know paid, so you're not really like a celebrity. Right. So you kind of like. It's like you're doing it for the love of the game, but you're not going to be rewarded in the same way. You almost so. have to have a second hustle, like being yeah. a model or a spokesperson for something. Yeah, I mean, it's really unfair when you when you um, break it down because you you can't really have other tennis. And, and you know, this is, is owed a lot to just the the efforts of Billie Jean King in the 70s and stuff that, that we even have a level playing field in this one sport because – it's the only sport where you can almost do like talk apples to apples, you know, because everything else is just like, you know, I can't call what what um, a WNBA superstar is, you know, like like what is Sue Bird as compared to Chris Paul? Like, can we argue that that a a seven time WNBA all star is that, you know, what I'm saying compared to greatness to a seven time NBA all star. Right. Yeah, so Did, I mean, it's it's, it's 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 odd. You can't really do it. Do you remember? Have you ever heard about the time that Venus and Serena played a man in tennis? Nah. So it was called the Battle of the Sexes. Like, well, I mean, that was the original Battle of the Sexes. Is is is, is Billie Jean King in the seventies? Yeah. So so this was what they did was Venus. They played doubles. Played one set. Okay. No. Uh, Venus played one set and Serena played one set. Okay. And I think Serena was 16 at the time. Okay. So what happened was Serena had made the comment that she could beat any male that was ranked below 200. Okay. And so they had a, a one of the players, I, I forget his name, like, I can't remember his last name, it was like Karsten or something like that. Okay. It was his first name. Uh, so she played him. Uh huh. And Serena at that time lost 6-1. Venus lost 6-2. Okay. <laughs> and the dude, the dude, I guess, that they played, I got I gotta find his name. He was like, he was like just real cocky. Uh-huh. And he was like, you, you, he basically said they couldn't beat anybody 500 okay. or below. Okay. So you you don't remember this? You don't remember hearing about that? No, they, well, they, they're 16. I mean, like Yeah, I they were young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would like to I mean Gotta find it. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's it's one of those things that 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 at what point, like in track and field, we can actually do the time. So we we literally can know what the fastest woman, right? How far down the list of say four hundred meter speeds you go before the best woman's time in the world would compare with? And like you know, they're they're probably a high school dude can beat the um, top woman sprinter you know, in, in the world. But like like why are we doing that? Like that 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 that's that's so disingenuous to like women's sports that we even that we think of it that way. Right. And I mean and that that's kind of like what the problem is, is that 
we view things in terms of, and I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, what, what's the best then the best is the best, but you know, you, you don't, you, you wouldn't say, um, um, how many, um, swimsuit are <laughs> like, like how many, um, you know, the swimsuit issues could, could a, a, a men's swimsuit sell you like, that's, what are we talking about here? Right. Like, like, like women wouldn't buy that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, so it's not, you know, it's like I said, it's just apples to oranges. And it's, I feel it's like looking to insult women when you just are saying, well, could she beat a guy? Like as if like the layman could do it. Like, yeah, like, well, I, I play tennis on the weekend. So, you know, I'm sure right. I could beat Serena. Do you, do you feel that, um, Serena in, in terms of the sports landscape doesn't get the props she deserves? Uh, no, I mean, I could be a case that no woman does, but, but she's, she's probably the most heralded, um, female athlete of recent times. So, I mean, I don't want to say that she's not getting the props, but if I just say best athlete in 2017, uh, I think most people would mention her. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't think she, she's being, um, denied, but it's certainly not, to the degree, you know, like, like, you know, is she moving product? You know what I'm saying? The, the fact that that a woman who's dominating in her sport is still such an insular thing that we only can talk about it in terms of her sport, but it won't have any spillover effect into the culture at large. So, like, are young girls, um, you know, in, in urban environments – now attempting to be tennis players or are we selling you know cereal you know what right. I'm saying whatever well that I'm glad you said that because that brings up another point I was going to make okay. here and that is when Tiger Woods started his climb in in golf uh-huh. you saw a lot of young black youth deciding they wanted to play golf it didn't take hold <laughs> now well yeah but I think what people miss with Tiger Woods is the fact that I think a lot of youth wanted to play golf yeah, because I think he inspired a lot of youth, not only black youth, but but youth in general. Yeah, I think that's true. Now, do we see that on the flip side with Serena any in Venus to a, a certain extent? But do, do we see that many black females or even black tennis players excited about the sport? Mm, I don't think we see anybody as excited about tennis as we once did. So it's tough to... And why is that? I don't know. I think, um, at least in America, it, it stopped being kind of a, a a go-to game that, you know, like, cause it, you know, you had, like, a real solid core group of, of not just talented players, but real, real personality, seemingly, right. in, in the, you know, leading out... Like mid seventies to um, late eighties, you had just a real, you know, j- just just characters. You know, your Jimmy Connors and your, you know, even the the people who weren't characters were um, interesting just because of their contrast to the people who were. So right. you, your Ely Nastasis, and you had like McEnroe and and you know like. You know, like McEnroe and Connors are like wilding out, and you have like Arthur Ashe, who's like a saint. You have like Bjorn Borg, who's like like 
you know, looks like Jesus <laughs> and just like, like, you know, just dominating with like a different style of game than, than the serve and volley of, um, of, of McEnroe. And then once, once um, McEnroe ascends, then you have Yvonne Lindo, the first player to understand the, the baseline game that can be executed with the graphite racket. If you ever get a chance, read um, the David Foster Wallace article, um, Roger Federer as religious experience who breaks down the technology and how that redefined the game mid eighties that essentially the, the graphite rackets allow for a wider sweet spot and you can hit the ball as hard as you can from the baseline. And because of the top spin, the ball will still spin itself to get to land in play and create like a whole new variety of angles and, and not that Lindell was so much better than everybody of that era, but ultimately he was the first to perceive the advantage of the equipment, and that pretty much, um, you know, coasted him to the top, and it kind of sig- signaled in a, a new era, would basically kill the whole serving volley game of like the the early eighties. I don't have to read the article now. You probably don't. So, well, Venus is a Venus is a baseline player. Yeah, her forehand is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy that that you know, and and that was you know kind of the story of the tournament. You know that her and um and Federer made it to the finals. I said um, Donald Trump really is turning back the clock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. But anyway, se- segueing from uh, Serena, I want to jump in and talk about New Edition, my favorite R and B group of all time. Period. Mario, don't look at me like that. New Edition is the greatest R&B act of all time. Who, don't shake your head, who, Mario. Who's Mario's uh, entry? I don't know, but you shouldn't be shaking your head. Mario? You hey, you going to shake your head. You better say something. Say something. I mean, I guess they're decent. I don't I mean, well, who, who, okay. who, well, who's better? Who's your, who's your number one R&B he gonna act? So, He's going to say something like Jagged Edge or something. Sudden Impact. <laughs> H-Town. <laughs> No, I mean I think it's, it's obviously other groups that were that would kick in Pete for that title. I mean Jagged Edge would be one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I knew he was gonna bring Jacket up something Edge. like that. Drew wow. Hill would be another one. Oh, oh come on, God. you're naming groups that didn't have more than like two songs that charted. Jagged Edge, come Mario, on. you are not serious right now. I'm super serious. Jagged Edge. So you, you wait, okay, you are saying that Jagged Edge could be <laughs> mentioned in the same vein as New Edition. Jagged Edge can't be mentioned <laughs> in the same breath as BBD, right? Like, like, like fragmented. That's um, probably a better comparison. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't mention them. To, obviously, Boys to Men is superior. I mean, I won't say obviously. Jagged, but I mean, Boys to Men. Obviously, Boys to Men had the the number one song ever with with End of the Road. Jagged Edge, put like this. I defy you to find five white people who know Jagged Edge is. <laughs> I, do, I defy that you. Make them less of a group. It makes them less relevant. It certainly no, does. Does it? It, it does because you don't cross over. You have no relevance in in the culture at large. No one knows who Jagged Edge is. Jagged Ooh, Edge. I know who Jagged Edge is. Oh, if I if I go to white person, I'm gonna go to school and say, I mean, go to um, work and be like Jagged Edge. Tell me your opinion on them. They're like, what? <laughs> who the hell is Jagged Edge? Jagged Edge. <laughs> you are. That is ridiculous. All right, back to New Edition. So Jagged Edge. <laughs> <laughs> so, New Edition has a new 
correct me if I'm wrong, Glenn, but it's a three-part docu-series. It was a three-part docu-series that aired on, on, on Black Entertainment Television. BET is back, folks. Man, they're, 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 not, they're not slow pitching you anymore. They're giving you, they're giving you, you, you three-night-long biopics. If they bring Donnie Simpson back, I'm in. Oh, they had, um, um, I believe it was Madeline from Video LP oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on, on, on the episode. It was either... I, I'm pretty sure it's Madeline or um, who is the other uh, woman that, that hosted um, uh, uh, one of the BET shows? But yeah, it was it was it was it was like whoa, that's funny. They are they are digging because that's self-referential. They're actually going back and having people play their own BET stars. Oh wow, yeah, class, <laughs> classic BET, classic. Well, well, help me out on this, and and I'm a huge New Edition fan, but I have not had a chance to watch Shameful. all three. You you knew this was you knew we were gonna talk about this for two weeks, and you have not I, got, gotten around to your your DVR. <laughs> what did you think of it? I, I read some of the you know uh, reviews of it. I saw some Facebook comments. Twitter was popping. What are your feelings on the docu series? I thought it, I thought it was, they did an excellent job. It was one of those things that it's six hours long. If you take out the commercials, it probably would have been um, three hours long. <laughs> I, I heard the commercials were mad long. The first one, the first episode didn't seem that bad, but the second one, they were running commercials every ten minutes, and the commercials themselves weren't long, but it was just so frequent. Okay. But and uh, it was like they were taking TV timeouts. Jeez. And then um, the they final halftime show. Yeah, <laughs> Gaga. <laughs> but the final um, episode. Um, they end with like a concert that's maybe 20 or 25 minutes with the actors. And I'm kind of like... Wait, 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 wait. A real concert? It's showing them performing in, in, in concert as as the characters they're playing. Okay. But it's like we don't really need to have this because, you know, if that's the case, to just have the real people. Because, like, there, there's a point in um, the end of the first episode which the kids morph into the actors that are going to be playing right. for the rest of so I was thinking like, okay, it might be dope if you know they they stuck with that episode three and have them morph into the actual new edition members in real life to to finish it out doing a concert. Mm-hmm. But now we just get a concert with the actors, so you can you can knock off that as well with, when you, when you're watching it. But um, so what do you think about the actors? Oh, I think they they did well. The, you think the, they casted it right? The kid that plays Bobby Brown at first, you're like, man, that. Like that, that does look a lot like Bobby Brown. Uh-huh. Um, more or less. I mean, so apparently the guy who played Ronnie DeVoe was originally supposed to play Bobby Brown. Okay, but they switched it. The dude who the dude who played Ronnie uh-huh. told them like, I, I can't play Bobby Brown. Yeah, like he told them that. Well, he, well, you know, Ronnie and Bobby don't really look alike. So I mean, it would be no. tough to think that someone could. And the dude that plays Ronnie looks like Ronnie. He's tall. Yeah, at least yeah, because it's weird. Because like you know, when you got five cats, I guess six when you include Johnny Gill, that are of different heights. Before I, you know, I do my homework for this, and before I left, <laughs> I, I watched I watched the, the hit you off video. Okay, but um, you, and you should no, <laughs> ma- <laughs> mandatory viewing, and um, I don't know. I thought the. You know, it looked more more or less, you know, like the people. But I don't think that was really the point with just to nail them. But it, how they, they each one appear. But it was weird, like, each one's role in the group and stuff. And, like, they kind of got into, you know, like, I didn't know, like, Ricky had a drug problem. And then, like, you know, different ones. Like, they, they and you would, the girl you, was tripping. You wouldn't think of all the members 
Ricky would have a drug problem. Well, I mean, Bobby had a drug problem, but 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 you wouldn't think Ricky would be the other one, right? And like Ronnie was like super ethical, like 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 Ralph and Ronnie are the two ones that are 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 top of the list of like good guys, mm-hmm. like like because at the beginning in the first episode, um, Ralph has a chance to go solo because Maurice Starr, the the original producer, basically saw him as the star. And he was just like, look, man, like, like, like you're the one, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm going to give you a chance to mull it over. And like, they were super poor. And he goes like on a pay phone. And he's just like, man, this it's, it's the group or nothing. Just, just, just the, just the, 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 the decency of Ralph Tresvant sh- showing up there. And, and me and you, we always <laughs> talk about, about Ralph Tresvant, the, um, sensitivity, um, a uh, 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 high, high R&B 90 song, um, t- top five R&B 90 song. Um, Money Can Never Buy You Love off the, off the Mo Money soundtrack. Oh. E- e- equally great song. People are asleep on the, on the, the, this is, this is, this is Mr. Telephone, man. You're ruining my, my, my Ralph Trez van, van lines. <laughs> but yeah, this is the song that Bobby got, got his, his, um, his solo uh, rocks off on this one. Yeah. Now, 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 back. We we've got to touch on this Ralph uh, Tresvan deal a little bit. And you you talked about Maurice Starr wanting him to be a solo artist yeah. originally. And I've said this before. I think that Ralph Tresvan would have been a bigger star today if he would have gone solo. Oh, no doubt. At that point. Oh, that's church. I and, and part of me wishes he did. Yeah. But then the other part of me wishes he didn't for the sake of New Edition as a whole. Well, you never know what what um, a group adds when somebody is the lead vocalist because we've seen plenty of times in history. Like Ralph Tresvent was not the, um, the larger solo star in New Edition. Obviously, Bobby Brown sold more records. BBD sold more records. Arguably, Johnny Gill sold more records. I don't I think inarguably. I think you can make a case or or it's it's the factual case to make is that Ralph Tresvant amongst the solo projects that New Edition spawn is fourth out of four. And that is goes against all logic yes. when he's the, the lead singer. Right. So you can certainly make a case that had he just said, you know, bump you guys, <laughs> that yeah. he would have he would have certainly been first right. because they wouldn't have had a career. So, because you know, he had like basically everything going for him. He, you know, he was he was considered the the best looking. He was the lead vocalist, and he could dance. Right. And basically, you only had Bobby could sing, Ricky could sing, and Ralph can sing, and Ronnie and Mike really couldn't. Right. So Mike basically focused on the business side, and that's why you know BBD is basically. Um, Ronnie and Mike rapping and Ricky doing most of the vocals. And then when they brought in Johnny Gill, Johnny Gill could just straight sing in a different different manner in which the rest of them could sing as far as just kind of like of a, a a a pure lead vocalist. You can make case that his career was hurt that he even had to deal with, you know, being new addition because he was just a uh natural solo performer. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. Have we ever seen in the history of music a group that has produced produce more artists that have gone on and had successful careers than new edition 
I was uh, trying to think about that. The Eagles certainly had, um, you know, Glenn Fry and um, and um, that. Who is the the other guy? The um, thing the end of the innocence. So they 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 spawned maybe three successful cat solo. Okay. So um, obviously the Beatles, McCartney had his solo stuff. George Harrison, Ringo. Ringo, I don't think really had too much solo pop, but you certainly had the three of them that that all. Um, there was a lot of, I guess the thing that separates um, New Edition is that they didn't seem as if they were going to break a lot of artists solo initially, but they ended up doing so as opposed to like most of the groups in like um, the 60s and 70s weren't really in it for a long time you know like like you would have groups that that um don henley was the name i was looking for but you would have like he was the guitar player for us for a couple years and then he he spun off and did a solo Mm -hmm. album you know what i'm saying wow because they were like bands but you had different people who could sing like don henley's playing drums for the eagles but he's breaking off and then doing his own you know solo stuff so right so I guess you have the answer is there have been others, but it's tough to think of one in recent times because, like you know, even like the boy band, like you know, Timberlake sprouted, but that was basically it for like none of those boy band, like no one from Backstreet Boys went on to do anything. Nobody really did for New Kids on the Block. You know, had a, a thriving solo career either. So it is what it is, man. Yeah, I, you know, in. We've talked about this. There was a there was a debate on Facebook between the Jackson Five, yeah, and New Edition. I want you to weigh in on that. Well, a lot of people want to give it to Jackson Five, and 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 I don't, and, I don't and, know. I, and I was fighting back, I, and I would agree with you on that. Yeah, because the well, people, you know, obviously, um, since Michael Jackson leaves the Jackson Five and becomes, you know, the biggest star in the world. And I can arguably get Ralph Tresvan to perform for a wedding for three thousand dollars. You you can't. It's tough to make the case that New Edition is in fact the 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 tougher act. But New Edition just had like Jackson Five's first album is is, is straight fire. Uh-huh. I mean they they you can make a case that nobody ever ever had a a harder debut song. Then, then um, I want you back. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they drop that bass line before he starts singing, that is that is that is music gold, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is, you could, I mean, every single time that that is, that is, that is wonderful to hear when they when they when and 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 when 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 Tito breaks down those chords, <laughs> ooh, that's, that is that is a smooth treat. That is a smooth treat. That might be the first time all year anybody has mentioned Tito. Oh man. And I, and I feel bad for Tito because people clown him because of his name, and they would they would never give credit to the musicianship of, of, of Tito Jackson. <laughs> T- Tito Jackson was a professional, and that's more than I can say for Mr. Bobby Brown, ever. But wait, 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 real quick, real quick. Yeah. Speaking of Bobby Brown, I want to bring this up, and I've mentioned this almost every podcast, and that is the stars especially music from the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. I want them to look like that in 2017. Uh-huh. Recently, New Edition had their, in the Walk of Fame in Hollywood, 
had a star added. Okay. And all of new additions showed up. Bobby Brown showed up, Glenn. And do you know what haircut he was rocking? Tell me he did not have a slope box. He had the Gumby. Wow. With the part. Now it it, it wasn't as it, it wasn't as high and it was kind of it was okay. falling a little bit, but he tried. And you I gotta respect that. You gotta I respect, respect that. that. No I doubt. appreciated no doubt. that. Yeah. Cause cause because that's the effort that I would want to see made. It was like somebody told him. Like, you really need like, to do this. Like you 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 brought the Gumby yeah. to the world. Yeah, and, and 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 it needs to live. Let let <laughs> let the Gumby live. I mean, I just I I mean, Bobby was such an idiot. Like man, yes, he like was. like like you you watch this and you're just like, New Edition could could still be making music. They 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 might be still making music. Yeah, because I'm sure this um, you know, this, this series might have um, you know, brought them back into the the consciousness of a lot of people. But just behave like like you're you're you this ain't 1989 bobby you ain't you ain't you ain't the star no more well speaking of that bbd just dropped a new album okay three stripes i believe is the name of it really yes and i listened to it dedicated to adidas i i don't know why they called it three stripes but i i just i was i stumbled upon it i was getting ready to work out and i was looking for new music and i clicked on new music (laughs) and I, i stumbled on a new bbd album i'm like how did I not know about this? I thought I heard something on the Breakfast Club. I'm talking about about it was gonna it was someone's gonna drop on the night of the, the finale. Yeah, and it, it was, and I'm I'm a big BBD fan, but it was bad. It was wow. not very good. Bad, bad is a bad, not bad being good. <laughs> yeah, it was it was disappointing. It was no, there was no there was, there was no poisons to be found on the new on no, three strikes, which which upset me because that that first. BBD album doesn't get, I think, the respect it deserves. And Poison obviously was the, was the banger, but and they had me. so many. I thought it was me. That girl's. I mean, it just come on. Thought man. it was me needs to be be uh be um matriculated more. Just just a lesson between that. Sometimes you meet a girl and you think she's digging you because she's because you're that fresh, but you found out that she's like that with all the other guys. Man, I thought it was me. Think about that. Think about that. You you thought that you was killing the game, but she treats everybody like that. It's not you. You're not special, and that that's what that's what that's what Ricky Bell found out. I want to tell you the most slept on, I think most slept on new edition song. Break it down. I, I got all my, time. I got my top five. So you you tell you tell Wait, me what it is. What do you have? You have top five what? My top five new edition songs. Oh man, you should have told me that. Okay. I would have made mine, but. I want to. I want to hear this. Go ahead. No, I'm gonna let you go. Okay. And I'm gonna bring in. Let me get my pen out here. Okay. Five on the '96 reunion, as I mentioned earlier, hit me off. Hit me off. Okay. Hit me. Off. And by the way, it seemed like they were doing a uh, uh, all they could to not give Ralph his, his due on hit me off. Everybody was getting solo <laughs> solo shine, other than Ralph, which I I found egregious. And remember, and remember, uh. Ralph was on uh, every little step. We always talk. Yeah, about yeah. That. That, that that he was actually saying the first verse on every little step, and people. It, but Bobby Brown just lip syncs in the West Guy, and I was like, "That's insane." That is. That's insane. Like I don't know why that's not more well known because Bobby couldn't show up on time. Apparently, typical Bobby. Four and and th- this is why I thought you might be going of a slept on new edition song. Okay. A little bit of love is all it takes. That's that's not. What that's not that's not yours, but but that that is slept on. I like it. Three, the one that got it all started, Candy Girl. Okay. Two, Can You Stand the Rain. Mm. 
can you stand the rain? Is is there there will be some argument amongst the new edition aficionados if if for for um, can you stand the rain at number one? Because because that 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 that's a that's a lovely song. I agree, and and that's when um that's when Johnny Gill pretty much um got got his shine. It was it was basically um to to set the story and the, and it, this is explained in the um in the um film is that. Um, Ralph pretty much told folks that look, he was he was gonna be making his solo move, and Michael Bivens was like, you know, well that just pretty much leaves us out in the cold, so we gotta we gotta counterattack, we gotta get ourselves a Kevin Durant. <laughs> so he brings Johnny Gill into the group and does not notify one Mister Ralph Tresvant. Mm. So. They're in the studio one day and everybody's gone, and Johnny Gill is just like, man, I didn't know. I thought he he he, you know, told y'all about you know about this or whatever. And they basically hit it off and and and, and was cool about it. So when you see both of them dual leads in in Can You Stand the Rain, you you it, it means something that, that that they could they could cohabitate and work together in such a wonderful song. So so you got to give it up. And let me tell you something. Any heartbreak, I'll throw that against any album of the past 35 years. And let me tell you whose album you can't do that with, Jagged Edge. (laughs) (laughs) Foolishness. The the damnedest thing to be said on this podcast in in 21 episodes, that the Jagged Edge is somehow competing against New Edition. The the, the 73 wins, they're the Sacramento Kings of of, of (laughs) R&B. Jagged edge. And enjoy enjoy drafting in the lottery for another year, jagged edge. And number one, of course, if it isn't love, the song of the ages. If 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 29 years ago, if it isn't love dropped. And let me tell you, you could put that on on the the, the top nine at night right now, and it, and it and it plays seamlessly with today's music. It's a song for that time. It's a song for this time. It's a song for all time. If it isn't love, how much do you think the dance routine from the video for "If It Isn't Love" helped make that song even better? Ah. Uh, it didn't need it, but it, it took it. It when didn't, you, but. When you first see it, because it's not true. You can't truly get the effect until you see them do it live. You get to see the whole thing. Right. Because, you know, the video starts off with, with the one dude saying, um, look, guys. <laughs> he right. breaks it down. If, if you know the video, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, you're saying, well, what, what, why, why are they so enthusiastic about this? But he's like, you know the way you look, look in practice is the way you look out. Right. <laughs> He's basically chastising them for for not getting their, their moves right, and they said, "So one more time, we're gonna take it from." The, I don't know who this dude was, like the road manager slash choreographer. He looked like uh, old Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox from In Living Color. Yeah, it was it was a, a, like like I don't know if 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 you know we don't know about groups back then like we knew today. Like you kind of would know all the peripheral people, right? But yeah, so and like Ralph is wearing some um like like tights that that have um like the stirrup like the baseball yep. stirrup and like some some um some flats mm-hmm. some some flats dress shoes yep and they yeah their hookups are wild and it i would give it to the movie they nailed those outfits they 
where 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 they could if if it was available to get you know because obviously like shoes at a certain time you basically just got to go with like adidas and chuck taylor's but but when they could get the exact outfit let me tell you something from the you you're talking about from the beginning of the show to the from the, the beginning to the end they wow. they were they were on point with 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 the you know shout out to wardrobe big shout out so what was your song now i think one of the most slept on songs of all time is any heartbreak oh yeah no doubt i man, that, with that's Johnny, a, that's a sprawling song god when it, it's got so many levels to that's it that's what yeah it, it's like it, it's it's a it's a a movie within a song. Yes, it had it, like I said, it has different parts. Shubidoo, <laughs> that, that that whole thing. Oh, and oh, when they all singing in the chorus. Yeah, when, when Johnny Gill comes, oof. I need to watch that video. And, and that's when and they're, they're riding rocking, on the the, the, the rock, Yeah, right, right, riding on the um the 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 Honda joints that the, that was that was <laughs> just broke out. And then they're dancing. It's just them. The white backdrop. The multiple shoes. Yep. Yep. You the bro- yellow and black outfits. Yeah. You got you got one one shoe be one color, the other shoe the other color. <laughs> oh, that's that's my that's my slept okay. on. Okay. There's a lot of slept on stuff. I was going through it like um um my secret um one of the earlier songs. What was that off of? Oh, I think it was the second album. It may have been the Candy Girl, but I think it was the second album, whatever that was called. Features the video. Be be sure to uh dig this up if you got got some time. Um, they go to a Lakers game, okay. which 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 struck me about their loyalty because they are from Boston and this is the eighties, right? And they go to a Lakers game, and they, like the Lakers are in in the joint, and at some point, um, the Lakers are are down by one, and Magic Johnson, who does he think should 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 um they run the last play for? Uh, not Hall of Famer James Worthy, not Hall of Famer Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Fourteen-year-old Ralph Tresvant is the answer to that question, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hall of Famer Ralph Tresvant. And let me tell you something: Ralph Tresvant comes through with a game-winning slam dunk, and he is wearing a jersey. And I said. You know how Fabulous rocks the jerseys mm-hmm. of, of the fictitious jerseys? Yeah. I said, if Fabulous doesn't go out and get himself a Los Angeles Lakers number 15 Ralph Transvent jersey, <laughs> he ain't he's playing with us and, and he ain't serious about it. Did the jersey really have his name on the back of it? It, it had if you can you can see on the dunk. What? I'm gonna I'm gonna pause that and, and, and post it up up on on, on, on what, the Facebook page. What song is this again? My secret. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna look that one up. Yeah. Uh. Uh. A slept on a slept on new edition jam. The other thing I want to talk about the, the voices of new edition, I, and I think that's what made them so unique for me. There were just so many different voices between yeah. Ralph, Ricky, and, and Johnny's was almost just so. Johnny was like church. Yeah, it was big. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot, lot more bass, a lot deeper. And Ra- Ralph, it has like a Ralph eternally sounds like a kid. Yeah, that's what's so loud about Ralph that that you feel like, Lord, we can just get this off internally because like Ralph can sing a song right now and it sounds like oh, just like a fifteen year old singing this. Yeah. So so you would always have the young fans and Ralph don't really look that old still. Right. Ralph can still pass for 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 twenty nine. And that's what they tried to get with Michael Jackson. Yeah, when he was young, they they wanted to keep that. They wanted to capture that voice. Yeah, forever. And he basically still maintained, you know, like certain folks just ain't ain't meant to 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 have a you know baritone. So 
you can make a case that 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 you know that could have been the thing and I don't know like I I would I would have loved to to have at least experienced the alternate universe in which Ralph Tresvant was a solo performer just to know yeah because you feel definitely. like we 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 probably missed a a lot more and and the fact that that Bobby became that star and didn't have the um the the personal life to keep it going is you know it'll always be you know shameful but I don't know we got Usher <laughs> <laughs> well I want one of the things for me and I, I slept on Ricky Bell I think for a long time but when he was with BBD his name is my, really R and B my my respect for Ricky Bell and and, and what he was <laughs> <It's> skyrocketed <laughs> big time. On a on a Bell Biv DeVoe on their first album, I then became a big Ricky Bell fan. Okay, are you where, where if you were ranking within New Edition, who your favorites are vocally between Ralph, Johnny, and Ricky? How uh, would they go? As well, far I, guess, as, I don't. I don't I mean, mean we can include Bobby too. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Put yeah. Bobby in there, but it, not not necessarily who's the best vocalist, but who is your favorite? What well, a favorite is Ralph. Okay. Yeah. So you got Ralph at one. Ralph Tresvant is not one of my favorite vocalists. He's one of my favorite people <laughs> of, of all time. Doesn't he know karate or something? Yeah, he was doing that. That was like uh, when they, when they first met him, um, like bring him into the film. He's like like on top of a like a, a podium or something in the hood, um, doing like karate moves, or whatever. And they played a kung fu fighting song, which, which by the way. It's always a welcome addition to any 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 film when they play everyone was kung, kung fu fight and not the CeeLo version the original version that that plays always okay n- n- don't stop doing that people whenever you show karate in a film please pu- pull it up and play the song okay but um yeah You're I guess I guess Ra- Ralph Tresvant would would be number one um I mean probably Johnny number two I mean like I said any heartbreak album even though that's the only you know. I mean, it's not the only because also um, um, the 96 album, but that album has probably 50 percent of of the great new edition songs. The ones that are really lasting are on that album. Like, you know, the song Boys to Men is also another, you know, mm-hmm. home run classic. And then. I don't know, it's it's weird to separate. I guess you have to go with with Bobby over Ricky, but just because Bobby produce more more jam solo than probably bbd did as a group but that one's arguable like like because obviously either one could have done either one it just came down to who who got the song and 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 the fact that um you know ralph gets gets half the credit on on every little step that's got to take down bobby you know what i'm saying like, right like my favorite bobby brown song is, is a half <laughs> Ralph Tresvant song, which which is crazy, and and you can't say about you can't say your favorite Ralph Tresvant song is a half Bobby Brown song. What did you think about Ralph's uh, solo album? Uh, apparently he dropped two. The first one was, was was dope, but like it was weird because sensitivity was the cut, and then it didn't really spawn any. Um, he had another song, "Do What I Gotta Do," which is not um, "Do What I Gotta Do." <laughs> yeah, that was cut. Break her heart. Yeah, I like that song, but I don't think it ever ever blew up. I used to find myself wanting Ralph's music to do better than it really was doing. <laughs> yeah, but off the Mo Money soundtrack when they dropped "Can Never Buy You Love," that was cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, remember Stone Cold Gentleman? 
Yeah. That was my trap. Yeah, I, I, yeah that 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 probably didn't, didn't didn't land the plane as smoothly as they they would have liked. <laughs> I love that one though. Yeah. I need to go back and check out and see what all the single released. And then the second basically everybody's second album was disappointing. So Johnny Gill's uh first, you know, had had um my 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 yeah. and had uh rub you the right way and those were just just huge hits. Rub you the right way still yeah, yeah. still it's, it's no doubt. I, I don't never hear people um going back and, and pulling that one, but that that's cut. P- play that where you work it out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> rub, rub you the white way, Johnny Gill. <laughs> Can you feel the magic in my time? I might have to dance when that I on hold Monday. Man. That might that might be my Monday. Yeah, he has some track. signature dance moves too, because he was he was he was he was uh, popping hard in that joint. But um, yeah, so and but I've met Johnny Gill twice, <laughs> <laughs> and we will not go into those stories. We will not, man. Johnny, <laughs> well, we will. J- J- Johnny Gill like uh, enjoy enjoyed this time with Alex more than Alex enjoyed <laughs> this time. Now, now you can't <laughs> leave it there, <laughs> Johnny Gill. Uh, next subject. <laughs> how, about the, how about these Oscars? How about these Oscars? You can't leave that out there like that. Now people are going to be like, "What? No, what no." Meets and Johnny Gill doing? They were at a club, my, and, my, and, my. And, and 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 Johnny Gill kept staring. <laughs> He had like a black fishnet shirt on, oh, which made it worse. Yeah, you can't, you can't. Do, please don't stare at another man when you wear, wear a fishnet. <laughs> it rubbed you the right way. It came on. <laughs> People may talk. Oh, uh, okay. We're gonna segue out of this one on that. Something Mario brought up early. Okay, Beyonce pregnant with twins. With twins. And did you know Pharrell had triplets earlier this week? I heard that pop stars are multiplying. Wow. Yeah. Did you see the meme out there with a picture of Destiny's Child? And it said, this isn't the first time Beyonce's carried two people. <laughs> I said, that is that is, that is a, a low blow. I did not appreciate that at all. Now, uh, are they boys? Are they go- I, I don't know. I was thinking about pu- putting up a poll. What do you hope the arrangement of the twins is? Do you hope boy, boy, girl, girl, or girl, boy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What would be the ideal? Because you always want Jay Z to have a son. Because what if he can rap? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's not. I, I guess people don't really look at a a female child like, okay, what well, is she gonna be able to sing like Beyonce? But you know, because a voice is something that, to a degree, can be fostered. But you know, but but rapping, anyone can do it. Like Jay Z can just write his raps. Right. Right. <laughs> like yo, you, here, here. You, you turned 17 <laughs> Spit and you this. and you 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 the new a boogie. Right. So. My favorite basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan, uh-huh. has twins. Okay. And now my favorite rapper of all time has twins. Maybe they can get together. How about that? Wouldn't that be something? What, are, are Jordan's twins what two girls? Yes. Yeah. That's a shame because we're not gonna get the we're not gonna get Jordan's DNA in a hooper. No. And I mean, and and that's this is where. Um, Serena Williams could have been a lot of benefit to a lot. That's <laughs> horrible because people are. Somebody said they were gonna give like a, a like some outrageous fee if if LeBron and Serena oh would have a chick child. That would be ridiculous. That would. I mean, could you imagine that child? Well, I mean, it doesn't like you know because Steffi Graf and and Andre Agassi had a child, and they these bastards intentionally steer that child away from tennis, 
It's like, what more should you be doing than right. having this child play tennis? I mean, wouldn't the, wouldn't the child at least want to wanna, um, run the flag up the pole one time to see maybe if I got the gift too? Right. Like if, if someone told you that your parent, or, he's got to play some sport, right? I mean, come on. That, right. that, that, that's, that's insane that you've got two parents that are number one in their sport at one time. Nah, we ain't got to deal with it. Well, I, I do like in some cases when athletes have kids and their kids become stars in other sports. Yeah. I do like that. Well, w- what's happened recently, one, one that's, that's a real surprise, if you call Popeye Jones, mm-hmm. uh, his two sons are both like in the NHL. Really? Yeah, or, or one's in the NHL was a top pick, and then another one is like a top prospect. To That's be crazy. Top pick. Yeah, Popeye Jones of all people. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I do. That is cool. Like uh, the one dude from Washington was uh, his, his father played like back for the Angels back in the day. That the Washington football team with um, um, Pettis, the the dude um, dad played for the Angels like a stolen base champion like in the in the mid 80s and I was like man like it's always funny when you okay. when you remember these folks from like man like right. how, how old am I right like yeah uh like you know Chris Washburn Jr is playing for somebody yeah, yeah it's always crazy a, a guy that I grew up playing basketball against I don't know him extremely well uh-huh. but recently uh UC Cincinnati Bearcat basketball team had a game and one of the kids on the team was his son. Okay. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. I played against this dude. Yeah. And now his son is playing hoops. It's bizarre. Again. And it's so random who who the kid is that gets to be dope. Like Jelly Bean Bryant. That's Kobe's dad. Yeah. And it's like, okay, no one knows. Like he he was like a super he was like a high pick. You know what right. I'm saying? Uh, he may have been drafted even number one in his, his year, like a draft year that was like uh a bad year or whatever. But it's like it would be like if Michael Olua Candy had like some kid that becomes like the best player in his like generation or whatever. Right. Like you're just like, where you know, where's the comfort? Like, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Like, you know, like like Willie Mays has a, a son. Willie Mays' son is whatever. Bobby Bonds has a son, and Bobby Bonds' son becomes Barry Bonds. Yeah. And it's but it's like, well, Willie Mays' son, like Willie Mays is a better player than Bobby Bonds. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's, it's just no no figuring. LeBron's kid looked like he's off the hook from like the when they show him him hooping, he'd be like, I don't know yeah. what this translates into, but this, this nine year old is getting it in. Well, not only LeBron, but also Chris Paul. Okay. And his his young son looks like he's gonna be pretty good. Okay. And Dwayne I, I, Wade's son. Yeah, Dwayne Wade's son, that's right. Okay. That's right. He's good as well. And I, I think how those, tall are these kids gonna be though. Like Chris Paul, like I, I you know, you, you gotta be damn good if you only six foot. Yeah, his kid does look smaller, but I think with with those guys, I think they've spent. If you look at it, they've spent a lot of time with their kids. Very similar to Steph Curry's dad, yeah. Del Curry. I mean, Steph was around it a lot. He was playing against older kids, and he, would, I, and he was shooting on regulation rims, which makes you, a difference. Have you seen the video um, the other day where yeah. I think it was two nights ago where he throws Del, in the ball, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Dale knocks it off the glass from like 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 thirty eight feet. Uh, t- typical. So let's let's jump into something real quick. Um, and I, I don't want to touch on we in, in next podcast we can kind of get into the whole uh, Trump and the immigration deal. Okay. But what I want to talk about, which became a pretty hot topic on Facebook, was we started Black History Month. Uh huh. The shortest month of the year. <laughs> <laughs> just another, just another slide against my folk. <laughs> and 
you, it's just been an ongoing thing, I think, with Trump and, and this administration as far as their display of minorities and, and how they've reacted, commented towards minorities that have been offensive to a lot of people. Uh-huh. And What do you mean? <laughs> well, let, let me say this. I think there are two moments, and I was telling this to a, a friend who's a conservative. Uh-huh. I said there are two moments where Trump could have really change the course of some things. Yeah. Number one was inauguration. He could have delivered a speech that would have to some people would have been like, okay. Yeah, yeah. He could he could have um it could have been a come together moment. Exactly. But he didn't do that. He chose not to. And then you've got Black History Month. And I said, okay, here's an opportunity to wear a dashiki and kimpe cloth. <laughs> and, and 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 I feel like both him and Mike Pence specifically really dropped the ball on this terribly. I mean, Donald Trump's when he had his his council, his Black History Month council, uh-huh. which is a joke, by the way, of the people he had on his council. Who needs a council for a month? <laughs> how, does that, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, what does that even yeah. mean? So, and he, you know, he's supposed to give you know credit and celebration to yeah you know Black History, and instead, what he does is he uses that to segue into. CNN and about himself, and he did a terrible job with it. By the way, you you see all the stuff going around with Frederick Douglass, yeah, and 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 really, honestly, I mean, I think Trump realizes Frederick Douglass is is dead. Don't don't you think? He's done a lot of great things. He's a lot. He's an amazing person. No, he, he was saying that. In yeah, pre- in, in, pre- in present terms, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, he does because someone wrote that for him, which is surprising okay. because. Most of the things that Trump has done, he's written the speeches, like the inauguration. Yeah, yeah. They had a speech written for him, and he said, "No, I'm gonna do my own. I'm gonna do my own. I drop my own bars." And he and he and he spit his own bars on that one. Yeah, this, and then this you, was not the Black History Month. He's reading directly from a paper. Okay, and it does sound like it's like, come on, man. You, yeah, you, that's just. But, but Frederick Douglass is, is is like um, is not is not one of the 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 first tier like. Like Frederick Douglass was the black movement up until like the the nineteen twenties. Like Frederick Douglass is is a is a arguably a, as valuable as Martin Luther King for his time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people know Frederick Douglass is was um, quite possibly the most photographed man of the nineteenth century. I saw that. And Did you post that on Facebook? Was yeah, that yeah, you? okay, yeah. But because I, I was always tripping like. Man, there is hella pictures of, of Frederick of Douglass, and and there's not there's not really that many pe- pictures of like Lincoln, and yeah. he's the president. Well, you know what? And, and I'll let you get back to your point. What's so funny about that? I don't know if you remember this, but I think about maybe three or four years ago, I'm in an AU basketball tournament, uh-huh. and there's a guy sitting front row watching our our game, and I'm like, this dude looks like Frederick. Oh, and Douglass. they got they, hey, do, 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 do not, never never make light of our greats. <laughs> so so you remember? So I take a picture of the dude. And so I have a friend with me, and, and my friend's black duty. He, he was we were in on the joke. I was like, "Does that not look like Frederick Douglass?" And he's just dying. So I go on a Google search on my phone to find a picture of Frederick Douglass. And to, there was like it's hella pictures of Frederick. It was like nine thousand. Yeah, you well. Well, how was a camera that used back then? Well, he he said that that, um, and this shows you know, kind of brilliance of the man that he realized the power of. Uh, photography, you know, probably before anyone, he said it was important 
to have like dignified views of black people in that generation mm-hmm. so that, that, you know, he was an example of, you know, the photograph, you know, and he's like super dignified. His, th- throughout the struggle, Frederick Douglass hair stayed on point. <laughs> let, 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 let that never be questioned. But that was the thing with the guy I saw at the AU tournament. I mean, he had the same hairstyle. Not only did he look like Frederick Douglass, but he had the hairstyle. Well, with the part on the side. I'm just saying, if you look, if you look like Frederick Douglass, you need to have that hairstyle. <laughs> That's true. Who, who, That's true. And, uh, you got to go all in. No doubt. They they um uh, um the character in um um Unbreakable that that Samuel Jackson played that was patterned. Oh, okay. Yeah, after, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was patterned after the look of Frederick okay. Douglass. But okay. Yeah. He he. He rock, he rocked his hair to to the very end. Frederick Douglass was 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 on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> that part was on fleek. Man, I hope somebody brings that back. Oh, it needs to happen. If you well, Quest Love toys with yeah, it. Yeah. You know, stop playing with his Quest. Go go go, <laughs> go go all in. Go all Fred. But yeah, but like that was the thing with him that he 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 thought it was you know really important to have his picture taken to show like you know like the, the dignified you know black man in America and stuff. So that was, that was the thing. And ultimately, you know, there, there's so many photos of him and like, you know, I defy you to find one other person of, of the, in the 19th century that, that has as many photos as Frederick Douglass. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> you, I think it's important that people have pictures of Glenn because <laughs> to, to show, to show the dignity of my people. Whenever I take a, when you see me taking a selfie, I am attempting to show the dignity of, of African Americans to 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 this whole to this whole country voice. Well, one other thing too was Mike Pence's tweet. So his first tweet for Black History Month. Did you happen to see it or hear about it? I think so, but tell me. He gives credit. Oh, to, to Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. Shout out to the great emancipator. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know. By the way, you Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, uh, not black. (laughs) But I'm 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 saying, okay, he knew what he was doing with that. I I believe so. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Well, it's it's it would seem inappropriate to give um a shout out for Black History Month to someone who's not black. Right. <laughs> that would that would seem it would be like saying um for um I don't know. What 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 would be a, a comparable analogy of someone who is not something that you know what I'm saying? Like like um Shout out to Pat Riley. Yeah, for like for like players, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's 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 weird. Like he's not black. Like 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 right. <laughs> what what do you say? Like he he he's the reason we have Black History Month because because he you know God knows had he not not um you know freed the slaves yeah I saw that and I just went like yeah oh my God you got you got to be kidding yeah. me shout, yeah shout if you want to shout out put like this if you shout out John Brown I give you a pass because John Brown was 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 going to the gun John <laughs> John Brown is the only man that I wear Happy Black History Month to John Brown. <laughs> <laughs> who, who who took up arms against the struggle? Yeah, he he gets a he, do that, Mike Pence. Give it up for John Brown, I, sir. I tell you, um, one of my favorite got the party started. One of my favorite things that goes on 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 Twitter and Instagram during Black History Month is when somebody posts a picture of 
like Walgreens or CVS when they have their little section for Black History Month. Have okay. you seen this before? No. So they'll start to <laughs> pop up. Is, I'm afraid we're just going to leave. Walgreens will have, it was one Walgreens and who knows where. Uh-huh. And they had a table set up and it says Happy Black History Month. And they've got kente cloth you know, okay. wrapped around it and a couple pictures of some, you know, leaders. That's what my house looks like. <laughs> you got kente cloth wrapped <laughs> around your house? Only in February. <laughs> Spread out. You wear the dashiki with incense. So on the table, they got like, you know, just for me. They got um, incense. It was it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's like a, a Black History starter <laughs> startup <laughs> kit. How, how do you get away with that? Because if you know. if you put like grippos on there, well, you, you got trouble. a problem. You got a real problem. <laughs> so, if you put barbecue grippos, so that means barbecue grippos, the official treat of <laughs> <laughs> snack food of, of, of Black History Month. Yeah, that that's well. I, I do feel bad that that we've got to a point where where so many things can be seen as problematic that like white people have to really like tiptoe around and be like man I don't want to say something offensive but you know that's that's um, a small price to pay for for, for four hundred <laughs> years of, of of free labor and, and, and suffrage uh, but yeah but you know you you do feel bad like like because if if someone told just random you know, 50-year-old white lady working at, at CVS, um, we want you to put out a black history display with the items that are available in, you know, a local drugstore. I mean, what does that what does that <laughs> look like? like? Like, oh, we got some Duke hair grease? And you're just like, what? So, so, so wave. Yeah, we got we got a wave cap. <laughs> we, we got black and bossy products like 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 it would be, we got, we got uh, Ebony Magazine. We got we got uh, we got the source. We got we got we, we got some great pop. <laughs> All right, we we're done with that. Let's move on. We got a, we got a, a, a pick. All right, <laughs> moving on to to one of my favorite segments. Oh man! Walk-ons against the world. Walk-ons against the world, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to bring in a six-six redshirt senior guard from one of my favorite college basketball teams. Okay, that won me some money one year. Oh wow! Wichita State. The Shockers. Zach Bush. Zach, what's going on, man? Zach, you there? <laughs> yeah. Zach is gone. He hung up on us. Oh wow! Oh man! This is what happens when we we you take the Black History segment too long. <laughs> it, it feels like we've had uh out out of the the five or six um walk ons um all of them have been named Zach. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> we've had a bunch. Z- Zach's against the world. <laughs> hey, so he, you know what? I, I I got a text message that he got disconnected. Okay, so he's he's uh. He's calling us. So, hey, back back to this Black History Month table. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. So, so okay, we're we're back. Walk ons against the world segment. Here we go. Six six red shirt senior guard from Wichita State, Zach Bush. Zach, what's going on, man? What's happening, fellas? I'm doing well, man. Um, this is Alex Meacham and my co-host Glenn Riley. What it do? 
What's happening? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. I want to um, learn a little bit more about you and uh, hear your story. So, so tell us what high school you went to. All right. So I went to Goddard Eisenhower High School, which is a 5A school uh, in the suburbs of Wichita. The classifications go 1 through 6A, 6A being the biggest. Okay. I uh, graduated from there my first three years. Um, I was at Goddard High School, and then my senior year, we split to two high schools. I went to the new one, you know, went out there and dominated at the new high school. That's what's up. You know, made a name for it, put Ooh. us on the map. Talk that talk. <laughs> average average 22.8 uh, points a game and 9.6 rebounds. Okay, it's getting it in. I had, I had some nice numbers. It was, a, it was a fun year. Balled out, had a lot of fun, um, had a pretty good team, made it to the state tournament. The Ended up losing first round, but it was a blast senior year. Now to high school, you signed with Washburn. Yes, yes. For, for, uh, Division two school in Topeka. Yep. And, and so after that, you decided to uh, forego that. You wanted to go to Wichita State. What? What? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so what factored in that decision? It was basically uh, when I had narrowed my decisions down, I had a Bunch of, basically a bunch of D2 offers and then a few real small low majors. And then being here in Wichita, um, one of the assistants was always kind of would come watch me play, but didn't show a ton of interest. And then uh, after my season was over. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They just they didn't recognize <laughs> exactly. But uh, He just said, hey, uh, why don't you come redshirt for a year, walk on, and we'll see what you can do. And so it was kind of weighing my options between the two. And at first – thought I really wanted to go to Washburn. It's where my mom, she uh, actually played volleyball and softball there back in her day. Okay. So kind of a legacy thing. Did, so you, did your decided, dad go there? No, my dad played uh, Division two ball in a uh, school out in Colorado called Regis. Okay. But So decided on Regis that. Regis Philbin, uh, founder? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, decided on that, and then in the summer, just uh, I don't know, it was kind of – for whatever reason, just had a change of heart and thought I wanted to stay here. And, you know, it's a pretty cool life getting to be a part of a Division One basketball program. Not a lot of guys get that. And so part of me just couldn't resist that opportunity. And uh, it's pretty crazy ever since. You know, my first year here was the Final Four season. We go on that crazy run, Man. beat Gonzaga, second game of the tournament, knock everybody off. And, you know, we're beating Louisville with, like, six minutes left to go to the national championship. It was pretty unbelievable uh, freshman year. So, you know, with that being said, I mean, you guys had an amazing run. So that was your red shirt freshman year, correct? Yep. Yep. And so you guys had, uh, let's see, Ron Baker, Van Fleet, um, Clay Anthony, was he a junior at that time? Early? Yeah. He was a junior, yep. right? Clay, yeah, Clay was a junior that year. And ba- was Baker was a, was he a red shirt freshman? Yeah, that was Ron's redshirt freshman year, first year of eligibility for him. Right. So you guys went on a nice run there. You beat Pitt, Gonzaga, LaSalle, and you guys made me happy when you beat Ohio State. Now, my, my co-host Glenn here is a is a big Ohio State fan, but I was very happy when you guys beat Ohio State. <laughs> well, I mean, that's State. just the football. I don't really mess with the basketball. The basketball <laughs> could do whatever. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, and I need to tell you this, Zach. So this quick story. <clears throat> now, going into the uh, tournament every year, I fill out my bracket, and I always pick a team to kind of be my team that's slept on. It's got to win him Cinderella. the bracket if they can, if they can make, make headway. Absolutely. You guys that year were my team. And what happened was 
I had an intern and my intern was filling out my bracket for me and he mentioned Wichita State and I said, you know what? I said, I think I watched them and I, I hadn't seen you guys play much, but the he year He hadn't seen year, them play since Xavier McDaniel. <laughs> the year the year before the year before, you guys I believe lost like first round, right? Yep, to, yeah, the VCU, VCU. five twelve game. They upset us. That's right. You guys lost to VCU and then um, that that particular season, the Final Four season, during the season, I watched you guys play a couple times. I'm like, man, they've got great pieces. And I was like, who do they play? So they play Pitt. I said, I- I'll pick them. So every game, every game that we had you advancing when my intern was filling it out, I said, Wichita State, Wichita. My intern starts looking at me like, man, you're crazy. There's no way they're going to make it this far. I had you guys in the Final Four. So what happened was, I went on one of the bigger radio stations here in Cincinnati, and they had me on to talk about college basketball, and they asked me my Final Four. And I had you guys in the Final Four, and the radio guy's like, are you crazy? And I said, that's just what I had. So you guys won me every poll I was in. You know, it's clear that you obviously then have a lot of basketball knowledge. You know, I think uh, we could look for something bigger here, like maybe a – a tournament bracket selection segment with Billis or something because I, it's clear that there's some knowledge there, some I, recognition. But you, you know what? I, I agree with you. But you, and you, I feel you, that he owes you some money as well. You need to be <laughs> right, right this young man a check. Now, didn't um, yeah? That's, I, was there was there a the, tell us wait, before I get into that because there was recently something I think on on Sports Illustrated about you, right? And the other walk on, yeah, just. Yeah, me and Jr. Uh, other walk on here. We just had, you know, we had our little SI, you know, our little feature. You know, the media they love to do these things with us. We become, you know, celebrities around town. So it's nothing now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so how is Wichita State? What's it like going to to school there? We don't know much about it here in Cincinnati. Uh, it's it's hard to describe. It's not. Not a big city, but also not a small city, so somewhere in between. Um, not a ton to do for, you know, people like college-age people. It's not a, you know, a big party school. Like, you know, I don't know a ton about, you know, like, you're a big Cincinnati guy. I don't know how it compares to that, but it's it's more like a commuter school, not big, like, on-campus vibe or, okay. you know, party school, nothing mm-hmm. really like that, but... The community really, really, really loves soccer basketball, and you know you got KU two hours up the road, and so the people okay. that are WSU fans are like die-hard WSU fans hate KU, <laughs> and so with the run, uh, the run that we've had the past few years, like it's it's been amazing, like how the city has just you know soaked it up and just loves it and treats you like gold. You know, like I, I'm a walk-on and. You go out in public and people are like, hey, what's up, man? Zach, what's up? You know, I don't get any minutes. and They love the walk-ons, everybody. They treat you like gold. So it's been pretty incredible to been very blessed to be a part of that because, you know, I never imagined coming here that this is what would happen. I just wanted a chance to be on a Division One team. Sure. Now, do you, re- do you regret at any point that you could have gone somewhere and played a lot and been a, been a star? Yeah, early on it was it was really hard, you know, especially you know coming out of high school and you know you were you know I was all state player and everything, so got a lot of recognition and you know playing a ton of minutes and almost playing whole games in high school never really coming out, so you could right. really get used to that. And so that first year was was really tough, you know, kind of especially after my first probably workout where I was like, oh man, I, I might have made the wrong decision here. These dudes are eating me. Mm-hmm. And so it, it definitely crossed my mind that, you know, maybe I should have done that and 
would have had a lot more fun playing. But at the same time, when you've gotten to experience things that I have, how can you really, you know, say that? Because I've you know, been on a team that was a number one seed to a Final Four, Sweet 16, and beat KU. And just the guys that I've gotten to become close with and best friends with, like Ron and Fred. It's just been an incredible experience. So looking back on it, I wouldn't change anything. Now, now Ron Baker's with the Knicks, right? Yeah, he is. How's he doing? He's been doing well. He uh, started He started probably about five, six games now. Kind of came out of nowhere. Hornacek loves him. He's a guy that does all the little things, which is, you know, honestly probably why he made the team. He uh-huh. plays hard every possession. You know, a guy that's going to box out every time. A guy that's just going to guard. All the little things, the intangibles that coaches love, he does. It's kind of like how Meacham is with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing the small things. Exactly. Exactly. They love him and he's been playing well, getting a lot of minutes. You know, obviously New York's uh, not the the best in the East. You know, they're uh, not playing the best basketball in the world, but he's having a blast. He's getting to play. And Fred's uh, with the Raptors. You know, both guys that a lot of people – said would never make an NBA roster and you know they both do it and being undrafted. Yeah. Pretty cool, awesome thing. That is. So what's your major? I'm sport management, which is AKA for I have no idea what the hell I want to do. <laughs> but I like I like sports. The intro class was pretty easy and I was like, okay, uh, uh we'll just do this. I like sports a lot. Uh-huh. Makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're still trying to figure out the whole career path and uh, what we're going to do with life here uh, in about three months when it's all over. But Here's all you have. If you get a degree, it, it really doesn't matter. People people are are working wherever with a degree in in, in nonsense, and all you exactly. need to know is is compound interest. Just compound interest. Okay. That's all you need to know. You know what? When, when we get off the phone, I'm gonna go Google compound interest. Yeah, and I'm yeah. gonna reset. Hey, I'm I'm gonna do that too. I don't. <laughs> basically, if you invest your money, uh, you it, in the market, it averages nine point three every year for the past eighty five years. And you start off young, and you do it, and after a while, you, you're living off the interest. You'll be forty years old making sixty thousand dollars, and you're not even lifting up a pen. See, Zach. Boom. Well, there we go. There you go, Zach. So you're getting a lot of knowledge here. Yeah. I am. I clearly. I need. I'm, I think I need to listen to this radio show. <laughs> you damn right. Yeah. T- tell us, Fred. <laughs> hey. So, okay. I went on. I looked at your stats, and every walk-on that we have come on this show, and we've had you know five or six walk-ons on. So and they far. all been named Zach. We've had like three. <laughs> I think we have three Zach so far. We, we've had a bunch of Zach, which so. is crazy. It's got to be Zach's against the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm looking at your stats, and e- each walk-on I challenge to do something. And that is to beat my walk-on record. It's not a national record, but it but it's his, it's his personal record. I want to okay, make it. What a, is this record? I want to make it a national record. <laughs> damn it! It's real to me. Damn it! So my record is: I was a walk-on for the Cincinnati Bearcats, and yeah. I scored seven points in thirty-four seconds in a game. Damn. And, he's gonna walk away so happy because you said that (laughs) what'd you say i should have given you the scally after that one Uh, exactly Uh, no doubt about it so um and and, you know you being a walk-on you you understand this i think is your high so far this year three points against tulsa is that correct yeah, I believe so. You know, unfortunately, the five, I think I had five twice, and those came in exhibition games. Oh. And apparently, the exhibition stats don't really count. I didn't know that until after the fact. Oh, man. 
Yeah, you. Yeah, they got changed. So I think three is a high. Well, so we've got a thing. Hashtag quest for eight. The quest for eight. Okay, so you've got to beat my walk on record. You've got to get eight points. I I put this to Sam Frayer at OU. I think you know Sam. Yep. Um, yep. I put it to Joey Lane at OSU. Yeah, you know, my boy Joey. Yep, yep. So I, I put it to all those guys. Uh, Rem at, at Gonzaga. I don't know if you know Rem. Yes, sir. So I put Rem's it. My boy. Yeah. So I put it to all those guys. So and and Glenn has advice. So so tell him the advice to make this happen. I'm saying notify the coach. T- tell him what you're trying to do and like you know if it's a blowout. <laughs> Come on, just 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 go with it. Put me, you know, why why must if it's a if it's a thirty point blowout, what are we doing? Like can 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 a can a brother get in and say two minutes and thirty seconds to get his shot up? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I I like this idea. Honestly, we'd have to run it by Greg Marshall. You know, I don't really know what he would think about it. He's more of a we'll talk hey, to we him. Better hold you. <laughs> we better hold <laughs> exactly. I'll write him a letter. Call him and get him on board. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're gonna... more of a. He's more of a let's hold this team under 80, and if they score more than 13 points on you guys in like the next four minutes, then we're running tomorrow. So everybody's kind of looking at you oh, when you're uh, checking the game, like, "Yo, you better not let these dudes score." Okay. So I don't know how that would go over, but you know, honestly, it's my senior year. I got to let it fly sometime. Yeah, right? no doubt. Yeah, and I mean, I like you know, why do you have the the these um artificial um numbers that the team has to be held under too. You you're not you're not giving everybody pizza if if you if you do it b- below, you know what I'm saying? It's exactly. only a punish there's only a punishment involved in failing it. There's not an incentive involved in in, in accomplishing it. That's my problem. Hey Zach, I love I, you. I completely agree. I lo- I love your mentality, Zach. And I want to ask you two more questions here. Um now a lot of a lot of basketball players are sneakerheads and me not knowing you that well, I'm going to assume you're a sneakerhead. You are very correct. I was very excited okay. to see on your Instagram page when I got to follow that you are a fellow sneakerhead. Yes, sir. You you just don't know this guy. <laughs> he, he's, he's got every Jordan ever. Damn I'm here. liking what I'm seeing. I, you know, I feel I take great pride in, uh, in my shoe game because I think I've got probably the best on the team for sure. I got around like 60, 65 pairs. Okay. So I'm doing fairly well. Nice. Now, now Glenn, Glenn wants to offer up to every walk on a challenge that if they beat the quest for eight, Glenn, if, if Glenn, you, yeah, if you beat the quest for eight, say, say you, you just get hot hand, you go for, you know, 11. We're buying you the 11s. We're buying you the Jordan which pair, 11s. Which pair of 11s? Which pair of 11s are we talking about? <laughs> it, it makes no money is no item over here <laughs> because I know about compound interest. So if you, you know, whatever, if you want the Space Jams, if you want the the the, you got the Carolinas, already, baby. come on, that's that's what I'm saying is you got to pick something I don't already got. Well, right? you, you tell me which ones you don't got. And that's that's the ones we'll, we'll get. <laughs> I have to go look. Through I mean, it. I'll, 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 I'll cap bread, it out at like Columbia. say I'll cap it out at six hundred dollars. So you know, don't don't six hundred. Okay, okay. Yeah. You got you got to break that's, the I record think, first. I think, I think that's basically you're saying this is a safe bet for you guys. Well, I mean, it depends. If you get if you get eight, you get the eight. If you get the nine, you get the nine. It's, it's whatever. I like it. I yeah. like it. You, you, nah. If you up. get 31, you get the 31s. <laughs> <laughs> in stores now. Now, now last, last question, Zach. So music is a big part of sports. It's always been, but even more so now. Um, what would you say right now, a song that would be the soundtrack to your life? 
soundtrack to my life. I mean, I've always personally said In the Club by 50 Cent Man. was the soundtrack to my life. But Man, you stay in the club. Ah, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> now, but, uh, That's newer, close, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a J, I'm a big J. Cole guy, so I'd have to choose something J. Cole. It's hard to choose off the top of my head. Meech, is a, Meech, Meech met J. Cole a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's killing me. Yeah, man. I have to send you a picture, J. Cole and I. Um, that is dope. What's your what's your what's your favorite song? No role models is, is my favorite, J. Cole. No role models yeah. is up there. The new the, off his new album. Um, I had to go with the song Neighbors. Oh man, I'm glad you said that. Okay, you, you know the story behind that, right? I do. I, I read up on it. That's some pretty crazy stuff. That you know, is. That, Dude's got a house in the in the burbs, and all the white people think it's a bunch of black dudes, and they're selling dope. The crazy story, and they, <laughs> and they called the police on them. Yeah, yep, yeah, that, yeah. Showed up while they weren't there and felt stupid. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, good luck this season. I'm gonna definitely keep in touch with you, and just like all the walk-ons we've had on the show, I will I will text you if you if you get in the game and only have one point. I'm I'm talking trash to you. I want you to go out there and break this record now, okay? Quest, quest, <laughs> hashtag Quest for Eight. <laughs> Sounds good. I appreciate it, fellas. Keep in touch. All, All right, Zach. Care. Good luck this year. All right. Okay. Appreciate it. Later. All right, bro. Good stuff. Well, hey, let's segue from that into our blast from the past yeah. song. We've got th- this this one here. We've got a Brooklyn hip-hop group that was formed in 1988. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give you the members' names. <laughs> Mock Fu, Pock Fu, and Chip Fu. Chip Fu. Chip Fu is the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's why. That's why I said him last. What? What about the fourth member? Who was the fourth member? I only had three. Shaq Fu. Oh, <laughs> Shaq Fu. The Fushnikins. Now, do you know what that's what that means? The name? N- no. Fu stands for unity. Okay. <laughs> Schnickens, which is tough to say alone. Schnickens, try to say that without saying the foo. Schnickens. Okay, good. It stands for coalition. Okay. So now you know. They gained fame after performing at Howard University and they signed with Jive Records. Okay. Their debut song was Ring the Alarm, which built hype for their debut album, F U Don't Take It Personal, which leads to their first single, La Schmooth. Last move. Go ahead and turn that up, Mario. Yeah, man, that that was my track. Okay, did you not like that song? Uh, I felt like Chip Fu was was dope, and the other two weren't. I, I think most people would and, agree and, with that. and and it kind of ruined every song because if it was just him, you'd like it, and the other joints, you were just like, man, like why why come y'all ain't live? And his style was so much different. Yeah, and 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 then theirs was so it's kind of a weird thing. But yeah, I, I like the the hook is dope. You know what I'm saying? Now. I deserve credit. I deserve a little bit of credit okay. for keeping this song alive. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Break it down. I say La Shmoo all the time <laughs> to kids. Okay. 
I still to this day, and they go, what are you talking about? And See, I go, I ain't got nothing to prove. Go, yep, go Google. I said, go Google or YouTube the song. Okay. And they do. And a lot of times they add it to their playlist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, I doubt I that. I take credit for that. A lot of times they don't. <laughs> I take a lot of credit for that. But so an interesting uh, thing happened. So they had a song, What Up Doc? Yeah. Now, originally, they had sampled Bugs Bunny. Okay. But Warner Brothers wouldn't clear him for it. Nor, nor should they have. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, what happened was Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, heard some of their songs And he in said an they were their favorite group. He said it was their favorite group. And how so, could that be? So <laughs> How could that be? At that time... They, they were probably seventh on the list of, of groups in that vein, but but whatever, Shaq. And, and so they contacted each other, and he then became the guy. Shaq was, 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 was probably immediately the second best member <laughs> of Foo Stickens because he, he rips on, on that song, especially for the time. That, yeah, was, yeah. that was dope. And young Shaq was, it, was different from old Shaq. Young Shaq was like – Shaq was always fun loving, but like he kind of, you know, as he became bigger, kind of, you know, it was like dour and like, you know, hello, you know, his voice right, and the whole right, thing. Right, yeah. yeah, but like right. Young Shaq, it was like this was actually a passable hip hop moment at the time in, in like 1993. It was like, okay, we, we accept Shaq as a, as uh, a member of the hip hop community enough that he can right. rap on the song and we're not like, this is, this is, this is so whack. You know right. what I'm saying? Like when Kobe. <laughs> when, Co- this track. when Kobe uh, and, and Tyra uh, oh, busted the song, and, and what was that called? I that don't so know. Bad. But when, when when Kobe would start rapping in in, in Italian, oh man! <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. Like it, it made it. I, I don't want to act like Kobe what was it wasn't dope because it could have been. Do. I I think it was. We just didn't want it. We just <laughs> but but but. There's been a lot of whack rappers. Like they had a, a, a album of. of of athletes rapping, uh-huh. there's probably two or three. One of them, which is really, <laughs> uh, there's one with the NFL cats and um, uh, Mario. What's the name of the the guy? He's a ESPN correspondent right now. Played um, for Florida State. He's Florida State quarterback. Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Okay. Danny Cannell is over a DJ Hurricane from Beastie Boys fame uh-huh. song, and. I'm trying to find that song, but for the little bit I hear of that song, I mess with it. What what year was this? Uh well, they say Danny Cannell could rap. D- Danny Cannell could rap. From what I can hear from the snippets that 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 are, it's super hard to find. But um, it's it's um, I think it's called like Lift It Up or something. But it's dope. But it is not available on the internet. Like do do not even try to find it on YouTube unless someone put it up in the past month. It it is tough to find, but interesting fact about that. Yeah, he act. That's how he announced that he was going to Florida State during his signing day. Okay, he did a rap. That's what's up. He spit some bars. Yeah, I wish more people <laughs> Danny, would do that. Danny Cannell. I'm, I'm I'm pro Danny Cannell almost as much as I'm pro Kurt Herbstreit. You like you like him? Yeah, yeah. Danny Cannell is cool. I love I, I like what he he brings to the 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 commentating world right now. And it's not most, mo, you know, it's a lot of people on ESPN. You kind of like think like, okay, they're cool. And right. there's a certain amount of people like, uh, I, I, I think they're down low a jerk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Dan Cannell seems like he, he, he's for real. Like, like, like oh cool. yeah, like yeah, this cool dude right here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, hey, so we've got our blast from the past segment, but 
like we did last uh, episode, and I want to do that this episode. Let's talk about some music that we're listening to now. Something yeah, just current. Getting the people hip to something that they 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 may or may not be on right now. And we turned a lot of people on to that John Mayer. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that. I have people text me like, "That is a banger." And we all salute you for that because that that was that was uh, some decent music right there. And ho- hopefully, it's doing all right. I don't know how. I don't even know how people are buying music nowadays. Like you know, when I was in school, it was you just got someone to burn it for you. Nowadays, um, you know, music comes comes through the cloud. <laughs> it goes <laughs> out of the cloud. Yeah, so many ways to get you get your joints now. So there's an album that dropped, and we've talked about this this group early in the podcast. We've yeah. talked about them in other podcasts. We talk about them every podcast <laughs> because it, it is warranted. And that is the Migos. Migos. They recently dropped a new album, Culture. Now, what did you think about that album? I thought it was dope. I mean, it, it's building on bad and bougie. Like most of the the the, the cuts had the same like tracks. It's such a a bizarre thing because I can imagine part of the the beauty of of, of rap music circa twenty seventeen is that it's tough to feel like all the, all these people who are rapping are are quote unquote educated. <laughs> Right, and you listen to the the joints, and you're just like, I want to hear your take on the world, Migos, and <laughs> and you sure you you enjoy what you're hearing, and obviously it's filled with the same stuff that rap has been filled with for the past twenty years of of you know, women and and gold and cars and stunting, right? But it's always refreshing to hear a new take on it. And the Migos are providing us with that new take as we start start uh, a, a new year in a, in a new political um, atmosphere in the world. I thought the album, I, I listened to it from beginning to end. I thought it was a banger. And one of the things I've struggled with in the past is Gucci Mane. Uh-huh. I've struggled with Gucci. I still to this day struggle with Gucci. Your struggles with Gucci are continual. <laughs> no doubt. But, but... The, to me, I feel like the Migos have taken, and I'll give I'll give Gucci this credit. He has created a certain lane, yeah. and I feel like he's not great in that lane. I feel like Migos have taken that and they've made that lane, and for me, great. Well, and, Gucci has been killing him on his cameos. Gucci got a, the song with um, "Party" with Chris Brown and Usher, and, mm-hmm. and, and Gucci does his thing on there. But yeah, Gucci is nice on on this album. I, I love this album. And one of the one of the songs on this album that that really hit home, Glenn. You want you want to go ahead and say it? What the price? Yes. What the I can listen to this forever. This is just so mellow. Yeah. You, you, you can't understand this song if you're not driving at night. <laughs> Do, I, I would, don't even let this near your CD player uh, until till maybe eh, 8.30 p.m. <laughs> wait, wait, you said CD player? Yeah. No one has a CD player anymore. 
I mean, in your CD drive and your in your whip. Okay. Yeah, not 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 a CD player that you're holding <laughs> holding around. I I I think the album. I, I you know I've talked about this before. I've got a couple different tests for music. One is working out. The other is when I run, actually go for a long run, and then thirdly is when I drive in the car. Uh huh. And this album has passed all those tests. It's passed all three. All three. Okay. I like T-shirt too. By the way. Yeah, that that that's cut too. Whoa, Kimosabi. <laughs> they just are are are. are Said the entertainment value right now is what people are are getting from these these MCs. Like people want to say like, oh, they can't rap like like you know, name your guy. Uh-huh. But that's not the point. The point is, are you making enjoyable music? You know what I'm saying? And and, and on that score, you know, they're they're really you know they're, they're hitting it out the park right now. So I hope people people mess with this album because I mean I think this is gonna probably spawn, you know three or four more songs as we, we head towards the spring and through the summer. Do you think that they paid Glover after he gave them a shout-out? Donald Glover gave them a shout-out? No, but but see... They should have. Well, but he was in their show. I know. Yeah, so I'm saying he was kind of just returning the favor because, you know, the Migos probably, at the time, it wasn't like Atlanta was, you know, had the buzz that it had now. So he was probably lightweight hooking them up you know what i'm saying like the migos were hooking up 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 donald glover as much as donald glover was you know what i'm saying but after he said that on the golden globes well i mean it was already uh, it was already moving i mean that that may have pit into pop culture but that that joint was that already put it in the pop culture though but it was I'm, already over 100 million hits on youtube so i mean but i, I don't think it hit I don't think it. It was the official people. song of the hood, but whether oh, no or not, doubt I'm, I'm not saying, d- but but whether or not that that I never know what what gets something over when it's that big already. Well, because you can't in in 2017 you can't have the official song of the hood without a sizable portion of white people being aware of it. Yeah, but when it like it, by the way, uh, by the way, 21 Savage. A name we forgot to mention when we did did the numbers earlier today. But like, <laughs> but like, like that song. The Twenty One Savage song with Future X, mm-hmm. that's like a song of the hood right now. No, it uh-huh. hasn't gone explosive yet, right. but like that's not gonna get a shout out for say someone at the Oscars. But but it's gonna, it's still got a chance to cross over just off of its 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 the the hood power in and of itself. Right. Well, I just think anytime a song becomes a, a hashtag, like a, a a hashtag that's across pop culture, yeah. It's just it's totally in a different stratosphere at that point. I think after the Golden Globes it was so funny because there were all those memes going around that after he said that they they had like memes of people in the crowd, white people in the crowd that were like, "What the hell is bad and bougie?" Yeah, <laughs> do you see that? I don't do 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 white people universally know what bougie means? Uh, I think so. Okay, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. Because I mean, but that's something you basically hear black people yeah. say about 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 black people acting you know it comes from you know bourgeoisie right so i don't i don't know how many white people have heard black people refer to somebody as bougie and i don't know if white people refer to other white people as bougie right. yeah i have to ask we, we have to have our white history month panel we can ask them. <laughs> or, or white history month council yeah so we're going to ask them about jagged edge <laughs> jagged edge and, and, and bougie bougie and what they would have on their black history month table yeah at walgreens <laughs> we're going to accomplish all that 
All right, Mario has something to go do. Okay. I think he's got to go shopping. You some, already went shopping, so. Some jewelry shopping at, 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 at K. K Jewelry? <laughs> every kiss, every <laughs> kiss begins with K, Mario. <laughs> All right, great episode. As always, As episode always. number 21, Savage. Yep. It's a wrap. Hey, put away the nunchucks. We're done with the fight. Everybody was kung fu. <laughs> Till next time. Peace.